We're back again this week. Um, we have an interesting topic to take on today. We're going we're gonna to talk about the upcoming election, how that affects your money. And then we're really going to get into social aspects. And uh, I kind of named this free-floating hostility, kind of an homage to you know the great George Carlin, who absolutely shaped all of my political and religious views. Um, so this is going to be a colorful episode. You're going to hear a lot of cursing, I assume, because I'm probably going to swear a lot. Uh, if you know me in real life, it's going to be like a normal conversation with me because <laughs> it's every other word. Um, you know, with that being said, I'll talk about what I'm drinking and then we'll, we'll move on to the other gentleman with us. So my friend came up the other day, my friend in the bottom there and he brought some beers with him so i'm mixing them today because i wanted to see what that tasted like so i have a founder's big luscious and i'm mixing that with a mckenzie's black cherry hard cider and I mike know. the combination is delicious i think it would be and i meant to mix but i didn't drink enough to mix when i was there on Monday. i will make sure there's some left next time you come because they are delicious no. so uh, guys, I say this is this is going to be a very touchy subject for a lot of people, um, right? What well, are you, you about to tell us about a controversial beer? What do you what What do you? Yeah, say. <laughs> um, no, like what we're going to talk about tonight, yeah. right? I mean, when you bring politics into things, you you tend to to right. You either you either gain friends closer, or you like move people away mm -hmm. from where you are, and right. I'm hoping to have a very educational conversation and keep it so that way it's respectful. Um, people that are watching out there, one of the biggest things, right? So my wife my wife hits it on the head when she talks about me. So I'm a, uh, I'm a very social um, Democrat. Economically, like I am a Republican, right? So we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, especially with how, with how I am in business and how I am in this world. But tonight what I'm drinking, again, uh, great sponsor for my brother. Tonight, I'm just so excited for this episode, right? We need to get this off and we need to get this out there. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking Lady Luck. It's an Imperial Red uh, um, Ale from uh, Carabine 4 out of uh, Wisconsin. So, microbrew awesome. there. Again, uh, I went with uh, one of my new top five beers. So, I have the new Glarus Brewing Wisconsin Belgian Red. There's a red uh, theme here. Uh, again, that thing, a couple episodes back, moved into the top five. And my wife and I's favorite top beer together, uh, I brought out a Hazel's Nuts uh, from Odd Side Ale right here in Grand Haven, Michigan. Awesome. Um, so to me, three big winners. Justin, thanks for the sponsor. I appreciate that. Again, uh, look, looking forward to it. Um, Jim, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're drinking? And uh, a little bit. Oh, go ahead, David. Before we get to Jim, I, you know, full disclosure. I have a feeling because I know these three pretty well. What we're coming from tonight is we're all pretty socially liberal. We're all pretty fiscally conservative. Mm -hmm. okay? And unfortunately, there's really no party for any of us because mm -hmm. there's no party that really encapsulates that the way it should. But Jim has a great story here about politics yeah. and, okay. and, and he has some beer. I do have. So first, the important part, the beer. Um, I'm kind of going a little bit basic tonight. So I've got Founders Solid Gold, which is their, uh, their lager. It's low alcohol, kind of a basic lager. It's better than any of the, I would say, than any of the uh, mass-produced uh, Budweiser's or Miller's out there. But it's uh, nothing to write home about, but it's a good solid lager. And, uh, again, you know, it's, it's sort of my version of a light beer. 
And then uh, this week I'm trying um, Hale, which is from uh, North Peak Brewing Company. I think they're located in Traverse City and Dexter, Michigan, of all places. So they've got two locations, one near Ann Arbor, Hale, um, which is the home of my alma mater, which is why I tried this particular one. Um, and speaking of which, um, so I have a background uh, both in political science as, as an academic uh, exercise. So I, I graduated with a bachelor's degree from uh, Michigan in political science and communication in 1994. And I also worked for a number of years in politics, uh, including probably the pinnacle um, of my uh, uh, political achievements was uh, working on the Bush quail campaign in 1992 when we lost to Bill Clinton. Um, my background is, um, it, you know, old school sort of Christian conservative uh, Republican. Um, and again, uh, um, you know, as, as I was mentioning to, to folks kind of off camera before we got started here, um, I, I, I keep in touch with a lot of the, of the re, uh, Republicans I used to, I used to work with, um, you know, uh, my cohort group. So we're all in our late forties now. And with very few exceptions, all of us are now leaning much more uh, liberal and, and are all either have already voted for as I have, or are leaning toward voting for or planning to vote for um, Joe Biden in this election. And uh, again, I think it's because of the shifting sands of our politics, not necessarily because we've changed that much. Although I've always, um, uh, as uh, David indicated, I've, I've always leaned a little bit probably more um, uh, liberal on the on the uh, social side of things. Really, really, really consider myself to be more of a, in, in terms of uh, of political philosophy, more of a what, what what we used to call liberty Republicans, which we used to describe as um, libertarians that could actually get elected to office, right? So we were, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of fell under the Republican umbrella, but we're much more, um, uh, I would say, you know, we, we consider to be social liberals now, but, but the way I always considered it was, was to be that, that we were, uh, that we followed the Constitution, right? We, we were in favor of individual and collective liberties, right? So in other words, we, we favored, uh, pe you know, people's right to essentially decide for themselves um, things which are not necessarily popular among uh, conservatives now. Well, and I, I think a good example of that, you know, if anybody's looking for a name would be your current congressman, Justin Amash. Justin Amash, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So Justin who represents the third district of Michigan. Um, it, it, he actually embodies that probably as well as anyone else. He and a woman I used to work for named Margaret O'Connor are really the two, um, I would say considered to be most philosophically libertarian elected officials I've ever known. And I align probably most closely with him politically. And, and, and I think, you know, if anybody's familiar with his story, he was a state legislator, uh, U.S. House of Representatives, ran in his 20s, got elected to Congress, uh, a Michigan state senator as well, got elected to Congress in his early 30s. Um, he's never been a darling of the Republican Party. In fact, as happened to my former boss, Margaret, as well, um, they, they actually, the Republicans actually um, tried to get him removed from office by running uh, challengers against him in the primaries, which is... Uh, which is something that's you know not not too common, right? Um, but he definitely bucked the party trends. And and again, for those who aren't familiar with his story, he actually uh, last year, uh, because of the things that, that were happening with with Trump and the and the Mueller investigation and so forth, um, resigned from the Republican Party. Uh, basically, he said that Trump deserved to be removed from office, that he should be impeached, and as a result, was stripped by the Republicans. Of all of his committee chair or of all of his committee memberships and so forth in Congress, and then he just resigned from the party. So, um, so yeah, it's a good example, David. Um, Justin Amash is someone I would definitely not. Not obviously don't agree with everything he he says and does, but in terms of his general philosophy as as a constitutionalist, 
Um, I definitely agree. And, and, and he's a civil libertarian, right? And that's really what, that really sums up my social political views. And yeah, I definitely tend to be more uh, conservative fiscally. So, and, and Benson, it's not that we're leaving you out, but I just <laughs> want to save the, the most, the most, or the best advice for everybody for last. So <laughs> right before this, you told me one of the greatest uh, facts of today, and then uh, tell me what you're drinking. Yeah, today is actually American Beer Day. Here, so here. people are drinking American beers, American ciders. I'm actually drinking as my starting beer. It's called Fido. It's awesome. by Blake's. It's actually part of, they've done kind of, they're doing a campaign where with certain of their ciders, they give to charitable causes the proceeds. Oh. And the charitable cause with Fido is Pets for Patriots. Oh, excellent. Um, unfortunately, then, because I only have one of those, my Guinness is my backup today because <laughs> that's all I had in my house. <laughs> all right. So one American, one brewed in America, but considered to be foreign. So... All right. Um, let's say, David, you know, uh, right, full disclosure, I, I ended up calling David on Sunday, just stressed out um, pretty late at night, right? Like, just I can't I can't do this anymore. I I'm a very open person. I put a lot of things on social media. I talk about my personal life, share my family. Right. I want people to be interested. Um, but politically, right. I don't share what my opinion is um, because I know, I know my friends. And if I say one thing, I mean, they'll still accept me, but they won't, you know, they'll look at it, look at it differently. Um, so we, you know, we talked about that, you know, one thing I want to start this conversation now we've done introductions and things like that. I want to, I want to talk about where, where money's at right now, the U S economy kind of, we've touched on it in a couple subjects, but, Right. And what the election is going to look like if we go either way. Right. Um, financially, what what we what we think will happen, what trends tell us will happen. So. So getting into that, Nick, one of the things we always look at when it comes to the economy, which we did an episode on YouTube like three weeks ago on what is the economy. And we were full disclosure, we came out and we said it has nothing to do with the stock market. So understand that the first thing I'm going to talk about when it comes to the economy here tonight is the stock market. <laughs> Seems like a contradiction, but really it's not because many of the people out there want to use the stock market as the determining factor in voting, whether they vote for a Democrat or a Republican. And, and I know that over my lifetime, I've always had my pick of jobs. And I've always had more money under Democratic presidents. When we have Republican presidents, I have less of a choice of jobs and I have less money. So really, how do we look here depending on who gets elected? Because, of course, if you listen to Trump, if Biden's elected, you'll have no money. So when you look at the experts, they basically say, really, it's probably going to be a push no matter who you have. Because electing an incumbent president always gives the stock market a boost. So initially, those first few months, it's probably better for the market if Trump is reelected. But over time, the market has done extremely well in the last 
30, 40 years under Democratic leadership. So when we look at performances, you know, during an election year, average returns are about 7%, okay? No matter the president. Now, with a Democratic president, it's only about 4%. With a Republican, it's about 9 But when you look at a year post the election, no matter who the president is, it's about 6.7%. With a Republican president, it's about one and a half. With a Democratic president, that jumps to over 14%, 14.28. Sure. So really, when we look at these, the initial, like I said, is it's probably better if Trump wins. But in the long term, you're looking at better returns if it's a Democratic president. So obviously, in this case, it would be Joe Biden. Now, when you're going looking at an incumbent versus winning and losing, numbers really support, you know, where those Republicans stand and where those Democrats, you know, are post one year post, it's it's 11% for both, basically. And if they lose, it's 3%. So really, you know, if you had your choice for that first year, Trump, if you're just based off of economy, Trump is a better option for you. But after that first year, it's really probably a push i don't know david i think i'm i might disagree with you on this one only because that's what you said is absolutely true historically right um no doubts there your numbers are absolutely correct but we're in um a, an unusual situation right now right with um given that that the economy really hasn't been measured the way that it is um as long as as um you know, it's been what, probably about 40 or 50 years, maybe, maybe going back 70 years with some economic indicators, certainly not back to the last pandemic, right? And 2020 is very unusual in a lot of ways. And one of the ways that I think that, that, that I think um, may buck that, that trend that you've described is that the, the markets tend to look for stability. And one of the reasons that um, they, they tend to do better when an incumbent is reelected is because they know what they have, right? They, they know what they're getting, but things are, but Trump thrives on chaos. And on top of that, the markets right now are reacting to his inability to manage this pandemic, his inability to even confront it, right? I mean, basically last weekend, we heard from his chief of staff, they've given up. They're not going to even try to manage this pandemic anymore. And so I think what I think the markets are actually are, are going to react much more favorably if Biden is elected than they will if Trump is elected, simply because the markets right now are looking for stability. They're looking for a steady hand. They're looking for sanity and they're not seeing it. And that's so initially the big downturn was because the, you know, the economy is being shut down. We went into lockdown mode. But the fluctuation and the downturns we've seen recently have been a direct result of this guy in the White House and the, the things that come out of his mouth, right? And so I, I, I think this may be uh, a, a, a trend reversing um, a year as far as, as far as that goes. And I, I would absolutely agree with you. I think overall, like you said, they like stability. Yep. And it has not been a stable year. Trump has had a horrible year, both economically job-wise, socially. Yep. I mean, he, yep. he is obviously in the tank right now. 
Um, it, it still shocks me that he's polling towards a possibility of winning because literally if this was anybody else, <laughs> oh, it, yeah. it would be Reagan Mondale. Sure. Yep. Well, you know, I say, and I, again, I have to give my opinion because we're, we're here to talk about opinions. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I will, I will, right. I can debate with people so much on this when we talk about jobs and right. The economy is doing well. I'm, I'm living proof right now of, yes, okay, the jobs are still there, but if we look at it, companies are, right, as much as we don't want to admit, right, big, big corporations, they're very smart. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proof of that because let's say, you know, let's say I was making uh, 24 bucks an hour, I got fired and so did 980 other employees got fired, right? Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that none of them were less than three years into the company, right? None, none of them we're making big money where they're hiring in people at 12 bucks an hour. So, right. Those jobs are still there. Mm-hmm. What they've done is, Oh, they've cut it. You're, yep. you're making all this. And now they're, they're just refilling those jobs with people who are making less money exactly. anticipating, Hey, we're going to take, I mean, that $10 an hour, that's profit back into their pocket yep. until they have to pay it. Cause you know, they're giving that person the same benefits I was given. You know, we got rid of a lot of salary people and things like that, making people do more things. So, um, you know, everybody will say, well, numbers are numbers. And yes, I agree, right? If you look at the numbers, they are a thing. But when you look at businesses in general, right, they will tell you, hey, they they have slowed down on the amount of money and they've cut a lot of the top things. Not, you know, not the problem is it's not the top, right? It's that middle, that yep, middle. Because, yeah. you know, when I got fired from Gentex, nobody got bonuses. Nobody got bonuses, but the, the top the top people and all the holders got $3.2 uh, billion dollars yeah. in bonuses and uh, uh, gain share, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, they're $8 billion every every quarter, but they, they still got all their money, but none right. of the people down below got anything. So, right. you know, look at, I'm, look at, look I'm at I'm going to take issue for a minute, Nick. You said they're smart. They're not smart. They're short-sighted. Yeah. Okay. They, they solved a problem with a short-term solution. So it looks smart right now, but five years down the road, this is not a smart move. I mean, I, I, I guess I would say I disagree, right? The only reason I say that is because within five years, they can get those same people trained. You know, I mean, the hardest part of company we talk about is turnover, right? But when you're getting rid of your lower end things, your, turn, your turnovers, you know, going to be the same no matter what happens. But, you know, those people will grow into it and their hope is right. COVID is done. The economy starts changing and they'll go into it. Yes. So, I mean, we don't know until COVID happens. Right. But I think, you know, they, they, and the way I see it, right. Is the people that took my job, whoever it is, right. Let's say, let's say it's Jim for some reason. Right. Well, Jim, Jim probably had a lower paying job and then took 12 bucks an hour. Cause it was you know yep. better. And you know, now he's going to go out and buy a car, which has mm-hmm. a Gentex mirror in it. He's going to go out and finance these things. He's going to boom that little economy just yep. a little bit. So I, I think it's going to be this, this false negative until it starts hitting, right? And then the, then the normal American hits in. Yeah, but the, the point here is when you look at a hiring aspect and, you know, I, I guess I kind of look at this, you know, having a small business, it takes so much more to train somebody to be at your level. Yep. Then it does just to keep you. Yep. So the the negative of you for the next two years, yeah, that's a negative because they're paying you a lot of money to be there. 
but they know exactly what they're getting. They don't have to go through five people trying to replace you because right. the first four suck. Right. Well, you know, but again, I can't say they replaced my specific job where, Still. you know, I mean, they, they, they did a lot of production, things like that. And I, I know I hear rumor, right. I'm not part of it anymore. I don't know, but right. They took, they took, people that are still in office and they're making them work production one week out of every month. I mean, they're, they're, they're forcing this downturn to, for people to fill in positions. Right. And you say it costs money, but the amount of people that, you know, they got rid of one sixth, one sixth of the whole company worth of staff, which includes, right. The one person that would hire this person. So now, you know, th this HR is hiring it. And I think, yes, when it comes to small business, there's that, but like, I think large corporation, it's a heck of a lot faster to eat that cost. Because, I mean, doing one sixth of your amount of money—that's a lot. That's a lot of budget cut, real quickly, right? So, um, you know, I don't know. I'm still seeing all these companies out here hiring, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you look at. So again, everybody, we are from West Michigan, the the Midwest, right? And so when we talk companies, sorry if you don't know, but LG Chem, right? Everybody knows LG. LG Chem's hiring. I mean, you you got. Amway, Steelcase, all the Bissell, Meyer, yeah. yeah you know, so people outside the Midwest know are all hiring right now. Yeah, and say so they're you know so it's it's still a it's still looking like it has to happen, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I I tend to find that people, you know, when, when when things start to slow, right? They're gonna they're gonna figure out whether the new people were good, mm -hmm. and they'll move them up. Or, or, you know, those get rid of them like it didn't matter in the first place. I mean, nope. you're, you're very expendable as an employee. So. so we know how much I love Dan Price. We've talked about him on several episodes now. Yeah. So he tweeted out yesterday, MGM laid off 18,000 people. Its CEO agreed to a $700,000 pay cut in March when most employees were furloughed. It wasn't really a pay cut. He yeah. tweeted it for seven hundred thousand dollars in stock, right. which is now worth one point four million. Yep, because of the cost savings of those layoffs. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right, Nick. For for the big businesses, it makes sense, but they're not reinvesting this or saving this money in any way. They're giving it to their executives yep. because for some reason they think that's what makes their company go, and it's it's just not. Well, I think what you're hitting on, there's a couple of things that I think you're both hitting on, right? And, and again, getting back to my, my background in political science, which includes political economy and actually working in politics, is there's it's this whole idea, and I think this is what, um, you know, what we're seeing with the presidential campaigns right now, but it's, it's the whole Wall Street versus Main Street, or as, um, you know, as, 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 as Biden has, I think, so successfully labeled it, Scranton versus Park Avenue, right? And I think that what you're hitting on here is the idea that um, it's, it's the two economies. It's, there's the main street economy, which is the small businesses. It's people you know, going to work every day. And yeah, and what we're seeing outside of this current election, outside of even the last four years of the Trump administration, and even before, getting back to well before the Obama administration, is this big wealth gap, right? Where you know, it used to be that... that you know, you talk about the short-term uh, outlook versus the long-term outlook, um, you know, the five-year outlook versus the next quarter. It used to be that companies, you know, if you, if you started 
a company or if you were the president of a company, you were there for your career. People worked at companies for their entire careers. They had a stake in it, right? And so there was a kind of, there, there was more planning for the long term. Companies understood they had to, at least at some point, especially after kind of the progressive era, um, companies had to start taking care of their employees if they wanted to keep them around. And they, you know, they started to offer healthcare benefits and other benefits, you know, benefits. Weekends were an innovative thing hundred years ago. And then what you start to see is um, this, this, this gap really started, I think probably in the, started probably in the fifties and sixties, but really accelerated in the seventies and eighties, right? Eighties being the, the decade of greed and everything. And what a lot of companies, particularly larger companies realized is, oh my God, we can get away with this. Yeah. And that's when it started to be, you know, all, we don't have to make our employees happy. We just have to make them not want to look somewhere else. And yeah. so that's when this big gap started and you started to see more money being put in the pockets of wealthy people yeah. as opposed to reinvested in the company. Right. And so, yeah. So, so there's, there, uh, you know, no matter, no matter who's elected, that's going to continue. That's a, it's a, it's great. You know, I brought up that point on Sunday when I was talking to David, I said, you know, when we look back, right. You know, GM, GM, the, the president was making millions of dollars a year, mm -hmm. but you never, right. I bowled with, I bowled with a bunch of GM. They're all retired GM guys. I mean, yeah. they retired 25 yeah. years, like, they, yeah. and, but you never heard them complain. Right. I had a great, I had a great job. I got triple time on Sundays, yep. double time on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, as cocky as it is, they were making 30 bucks an hour type thing. And they thought mm -hmm. that was great money. And it, you know, honestly, for middle class, it, it is great money, right? Make like, 30 bucks an hour that they work overtime. They're making 60. Yeah, no, and then yeah, you work, yeah. and they work every sure. Sunday. I mean, we, we, David and I have a friend who, right? He, I mean, he works seven days a week, like twelve hours yeah. a day. Yeah, dude makes bank, like because mm -hmm. he's he, he's not in GM, but he's a different company. But sure. I mean, he that guy, and he doesn't yeah. complain because it feeds his family and makes it the lifestyle he yeah. wants. But, right, five and he, a half on Saturdays, double time on Sundays. Yep, exactly. But what he forgets though, right, is I mean, and what he doesn't care about is you, you said it, right? The, the gap between mm -hmm. that guy that's making 30 and that gap of the guy that's making a crap ton. A friend of mine tweeted, or uh, he um, put on Facebook today, he goes, the, the sad part of the sad part of the, um, of the US is it, eight, eight of the richest people make combined, their, their total make more than 200 million other people. Mm -hmm. He goes, you know, that, that, that's where your problem, that's where your problem in lies, so. Yep. It's not just that, but in, in some cases, that money is on paper, right? They, it is because they own these stocks. So you look at like Jeff Bezos, that's not cash. So he is, that is being reinvested because of his stock ownership. But, but it's absolutely true. Like, why, like that's more money than a human being could spend in, in 10,000 years, right? It's just crazy to have that, that amount of money. And I think, but, but then I think, but, 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 but the, you know, the other downside of that is what happens when, for example, a pandemic breaks out. Like we've seen this, right? We've seen what happens when you've got someone getting back to, you know, talking about the, the politics of it, when you've got someone who is only focused on Wall Street, who's only focused on himself, who's only focused on, on his wealthy friends, holding political office, all, he, all that Donald Trump has talked about when it comes to the pandemic in terms of, of you know, the measurable outcomes is the stock market. Right. He talks about how unfortunate it is that people have died, but that's obvious. I mean, when you when he when he does that, it's lip service. But the but the one measurement that he has in terms of how he's managed the pandemic is the stock market. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. Right. Because 
because there's so many people out there that, you know, that have lost their jobs. And, and despite the fact that that's starting to turn around now, like you said, there's plenty of jobs out there, but it's very, very difficult for someone, even at $30 an hour to go, you know, from going from paycheck to paycheck, essentially, to then be able to have to take a $12 an hour job, right? They're still not going to be able to afford their mortgage or their car payment or whatever. And that's, that's what's getting ignored in all of this. I think that's the biggest thing is, right? Like, I, I don't get mad at, I don't get mad at people, right? But everybody, you know, everybody tells me, right? I, I have, I have a few friends that are like, man, if you want, you can just go get a job. And it's like, yes, I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be that guy who just stays on. This is my first time ever taking unemployment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to be that guy. Right. But again, I was making, I mean, I'll tell everybody, right? I was making 24 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And now, yes, I can walk into a place and make 12, 13 an hour. Yeah. But, it, you know, I have to restart everything. I, exactly. I have to restart my whole situation mm-hmm. where, you know what? I could just invest a little time over into this side and hope, hope that this works out. And, you know, I'm, I've built myself comfortable enough. And I don't plan for America to take care of me, right? Like right. I'm taking unemployment because, right, A, it's offered to me and B, it does. It puts the little food on my table. If, you know, if it was a thing where it's like, hey, you know, unemployment didn't get extended, I would, you know, I have three weeks left or whatever, and I would be the guy to go out there and grab that job. I, have, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a pride thing in any way. Right. It's just, hey, look, when you look at it, I'm paying my taxes off my unemployment still. Mm-hmm. I paid my taxes to it. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do with my personal life. Right. And that becomes a personal, a personal Mm -hmm. decision. I can't say I'm over here complaining. Um, I will give facts about what I'm feeling and what I'm seeing. That's what I'm hoping that people understand is I'm giving facts of what happened to me Mm -hmm. facts, but I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody has the opportunities that I have. Right. I mean, I've built this opportunity to take this time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, one of the biggest things that I, I'm having an issue with is, and it's not because I want more money in any way, but I know that there's people out there who are way worse off than I am. And Trump said he will not sign, he will not sign any other extensions or give any more, uh, I don't know what the 600 was, like the, the COVID, COVID relief money yep. or whatever, Extension. until yeah. after the election has right. completed. And I'm like, man, you have people, you know, we look at, we look at businesses, right? The PPP. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to last, what, five months, six months. Now we're into month eight, nine. Yep. Okay, so where's that three months coverage? Right. You, you know, we have, we have uh, people who were making, you know, everybody thinks that you just make so much more. Yeah, they were making more for four months of their life, right? Three months of their life. Right, right. But now we're past that point and they're hungry again. They're, you know, like, yes, okay, if you were stupid enough to go spend it, I hear it all the time. You're the stupid one that spent it. No, like you just lived, you paid your bills and, and now it's just, it's so hard. Well, so, I think people, people are saying that you're, you're stupid to spend it are the people that are too stupid to do math. So I don't pay any attention to them, right? Because if you do the math, you realize that now we've gone past that break even point. Yeah. I want to talk about a conversation I had last night, but first I want to just put this into perspective. So we got a stimulus, mm-hmm. right? That amounts to, at this point, and I bring that up because McConnell has now sent the Senate home until the 9th because he's decided he doesn't want to work the next 12 days. Sure. Well, it's because of his mystery hand disease. Correct. <laughs> so that stimulus that we got amounts to $5.58 a day. Mm-hmm. They thought you could live off $5.58 yeah. a day. Mind exactly. you, Canadians got 2000 a month. Or a, mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. yeah. So... 
Speaking of Canadians, I'm on Twitter last night because I'm pissed off about the Bears sucking ass as you know <laughs> usual this year. They they're the worst five and two team ever in football ever ever. Well, okay, yeah, maybe. So I'm I'm bitching about them online, and everybody's complaining about Barrett, and I'm complaining about that. And one of the guys that we follow each other, his name's David Stone. He lives in in Canada. Shout out mm-hmm. to David Stone. He, he basically said, all right, America, you got a week. <laughs> Figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Or people like me are never coming back to your country. Mm-hmm. So this was our exchange. I said, he makes many of us want to leave. The bullshit narrative that this is a great country is just that. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know there are going to be some red, white, and blue people out there that are pissed off at what I'm going to say, but sincerely, fuck you. So... <laughs> His response to me was, it makes you wonder if it ever was great. Did he expose the truth? Next week is your last chance of redemption. So, of mm-hmm. course, I take the opportunity to run through the hole because for a moment here, I'm Walter Payton, and I, yep. I see a big asshole, and I'm running through right. it. Which, you know, you three can debate after I say it. It was great, but that ended after World War II. There were moments after that, but then they killed John and Bobby, and Martin, and Malcolm. They fought wars that were none of their business. They rewrote tax codes so the rich could get rich without consequences. They blamed the poor people for being poor. They blamed women for income inequality or how they dress. They blamed black people for their crime. They scare stupid people by telling them, they're coming for your guns and your religion. They care more about birth than life. They accuse people of socialism and say healthcare is a right. That's where we're at, folks. It's 2020. I'm going to say that, and keep in mind, this is coming from a a recovering Republican, right? I'm going to say that America was always great, has always been great, and always will be great for people that have power and money. Correct. And for everybody else, it's a means to get power and money. And I think it's hard to say, right? Because, I mean, we, we debate on it all the time. I think everybody has... Everybody has the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? It's not that everybody has an equal opportunity. I mean, right? Because there's yep. some that handed things, but everybody has the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great in that aspect. There's when you learn about other countries, you don't have that opportunity, right? Yeah, I, I, I will also say that I agree. That, and it might sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I, but I don't think I am. You're absolutely right about that. And and we, and I'm going to paraphrase and, I, and and as a Someone with a background in history and politics, I should know who I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but um, we have the absolute worst country except for all others, right? right? So so in that sense, I think that you're right. We do there's there has always been opportunity for everyone in some sense, but for for, for the true greatness of America, it really is a myth in the sense that our greatness has been built on the backs of child labor, slavery. It, it, you know, it, uh, our sins have gotten oh, Jim less as, as you know, forward, which is, I think, a great topic. Like, how do we keep moving things forward? Because I think, I think we're on the precipice of regressing right now. But I think things have gotten better. But have they ever been great? Yeah, they've been great for a lot of people, just not right. the great masses of people. <laughs> How, yeah. However, having said that, right, if I'm an Irishman in the 19th century experiencing potato famine, America, no matter how bad it might be, no matter how much the, the, the robber barons might take advantage of my labor is a hell of a lot better than starving, right? Yeah. 
but it's not great in the sense that everyone, like you said, Nick, and it's not great in the sense that everyone truly, you know, it's not the myth we learned about on Schoolhouse Rock, right? Yeah. See, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to make sure we, we, we keep talking about finances because right, mm-hmm. everybody needs to, <laughs> this, is, this is who we are. Yep. Um, right. When I look at, when I look at the financial spot of America, right. The next four years, I guess I want all the opinions of you guys. Like, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me what you see if you put Biden into office and tell me what you see if you put Trump into office the next four years. Right. Yep. So I can tell you right now, I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried about the tariffs. Nick and I discussed tariffs the other night. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely correct. China has never paid their fair share. Nope. But here's the question. What's the tariffs actually doing for us? So, because I'm a numbers guy, I looked up numbers. The tariffs have brought in almost $80 billion. The negatives to that. The long-run GDP outlook is down a quarter of a percent, which isn't a lot, but it's still down. Wages are down 0.15%. Here's the one that kills me. Full-time jobs are down almost Mm 180,000. So absolutely, we had a problem with trade. China never paid their fair share. Trump came in and said, this is bullshit. We're going to change that. That's great. But it hasn't had the effect that he said it was going to have or that he is still saying that it does have. It hasn't made our lives better in the long run at this point. Right. Well, when you talk about tariffs bringing in money, let's think about what that really means, right? It's $80 billion into what? Right. In, into the U.S. Treasury. But where that, where's that money actually coming from? China's not paying that money. No. Right? Tariffs are taxes on imported goods, which means they're not levied when, they're, when they leave China. They're levied when they arrive in the United States. And then who pays for that, right? It's whoever's importing it. And they pass those costs on. Right. It's like, it's like a, you know, any kind of a, of a use tax or anything like that, right? When the gas tax goes up, it's the people that are paying at the pump that, that end up paying that. When we, when we implement these tariffs, the idea behind tariffs since, well, at least since the 18th century has not been necessarily to raise money, which is the, it was the primary source of income, right? For a long time in our country. But the, the purpose of tariffs is to, to change that trade balance. It's not necessarily to raise money. So yeah, $80, $80 billion may be net, but that, that's money coming out of the pockets of the people who are buying those goods, bottom yeah. line, right? And, that, and that's, right, that's mm-hmm. the greatest point. I mean, that's what I find all the time is people at the top will never pay, right? Like, exactly. I mean, when I think, okay, even, even myself, right? I mean, t- technically I'm at the top of my business, right? Mm-hmm. I own the business, okay? So let's say my taxes go up. Yes, okay, the... Uh, the, the failure that I have as a business owner is, is I don't always raise my rents the way I should. I don't do it by the business, mm-hmm. but I mean, I still do, right? Like if I get a ter- tenant turnover, I raise the, I raise the rent more towards what market should be. Sure. I mean, I'm nowhere at market for any of my properties and, and I fail in my business because of that. But right. Like t- again, tariffs are only going to go to the next person. So I pass on my bills mm-hmm. to my tenants, right? I, yep. I pass on things to the next person. It's, it's what we do, right? I mean, yep. you know, and, and now it's just a matter of, okay, where, where can you, you know, 
And I think the, the, the social side of me is, okay, I hear complaints about there's never, you know, good places to rent for inexpensive prices. And, you know, so I, I, I keep mine lower on that side because, you know, I want, I want good quality people that just want to get by type thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's just my business mindset and how yep. I, how I build things. And it tends to work out a little bit. Um, but right. When, when the price of beer goes, or, you know, we look at lumber right now, right? We look yep. at lumber, that's you know, everybody, example. anybody that's seeing anything right now, um, if you have dealt with anything besides free pallets from the, the place down the road from you, <laughs> uh, a two by four, a two by four used to, used to be $2 and 12 cents, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not lying. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a month ago was up to $7 and six, uh, 46 cents. Actually, I want to yep. say 16, it was 46, $7, 46 cents. Okay. Right. Because mills aren't working. Things aren't happening. I mean, you didn't see the mill eat that price, right? You didn't no. see this thing. No. Like, I'm oh, paying seven dollars and forty six cents for a fucking two by four. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think somebody somebody just posted, and I, I didn't check because I haven't gone to low. I haven't gone to Lowe's in like three days, which is surprising. Um, <laughs> but uh, somebody said it went down to like six dollars and forty forty something cents. So it yeah, might have go down. I saw I saw it went down over the weekend. Did it? Okay. So I'll give them that, but like it's still not back down to where it was. No. Um, I'm talking to a lot of my friends that are building houses and they're and they're doing things and. Um, I have two builders that are instantly, like instantly right on their quote, they're, they're plus 30 to $40,000 on their build because of where lumber prices are. Just yep. base price, base prices, 30 to 40,000 up because, because it's cost so much. Yep. Um, right. Like no company, no company is ever going to eat that price. Like no. if you want it, you pay for it. Sure. Um, you know, I, I give, uh, have you guys ever seen the show, um, returning the favor mm -hmm. with yeah. Mike Rowe? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really, David, that surprised me because uh, uh, it happened with the uh, the lady in I want to say Grand Rapids. Uh, no, it, was up by, it was up Cedar Springs. Or no, um, off Alpine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up there, it was, she was the. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. She was the yeah. restaurant owner, right? Um, um, Amore or whatever. But yeah, yeah, so she, uh -huh. yeah, anyway. the Italian place. Uh, yeah, that's Don's lady. Right. Yeah, they, they were giving food and all that, but anyway. So you know, one company that I've seen technically eat it, right? But they they donated, and that's fine. But there's a, there, I just watched an episode. There's a guy in Alaska who bought a boat because everything is shut down mm -hmm. and they're kind of like on the tip of an Island. You have to go over mountains and stuff like that. And he's like, um, he's traveling in to go get all of his stuff, put on a ship and, and bring it in or a, a pretty big boat. And he's like, he, he, he's like, I didn't raise prices on any of my people. It's costing me more money. I had to buy a boat, do maintenance, mm -hmm. do this and that. And he goes, I haven't raised prices on any of my goods. Um, because we already pay a lot to get, get it here anyway. Um, and so, you know, I guess there's, there's very few, but I'm going to say, right. It's always going to happen from a small business. You're not going to see big businesses eat this cost. I mean, right. these, these, these small, you know, these small businesses are the ones doing the big donations, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, percentage wise, I can't say yep. large, you know, financial, but um, yeah, if anybody's watching, right. Big shout out to Mike Rowe um, returning the favor. It's, it's giving back to people that are doing good things. Yep. Um, I know that that's not even close to tonight's topic, but <laughs> so it's a cool thing. Very, very, I, I respect him a lot. I, I like Mike Rowe a lot. Right. And, and, and I think Mike Rowe, I'm glad you brought him up because Mike Rowe is, is a pretty conservative guy, yeah. but, he, but he's a humanitarian, right? Much. He's a human being. And so, and for so many people, especially in the last few years, but for so many people, conservatism has become this whole, you know, it's, it's, it, and, 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 and I, we haven't gotten to this point yet, but I, I just want to say what 
where, where I think conservatism has gone and where the Trump supporters are, it's all about rights without responsibilities. And I think Mike Rowe is the kind of guy who realizes that, you know, individual rights. And, and again, I'm a constitutional conservative, right? Like I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a civil libertarian. And yet I think that, that the, the main thing that as a community that we have to remember is we have, we all have individual rights, but we exercise those rights within our responsibility to the larger community. Right? So for example, I have the right to bear arms and I carry, you know, I carry a handgun, but I have the responsibility not to use it recklessly. Yeah. I have the right to drive a vehicle, right? But I have the responsibility not to mow down the kids in my neighborhood when I'm driving it. I have the right not to wear a mask, but I'm absolutely fucking going to wear a mask because I don't want to take the, the chance of making someone else sick. You yeah. see what I'm saying? It's, there, there's, we, we, our, our, the, our political system seems to be right now divided not between what I would consider to be conservatives and liberals, it's divided between people who are responsible and people who aren't. And I think that's, and I think that, and I think then, and, and unfortunately, you know, and this gets back to, to, you know, I think this really does impact the, the, the economic future of our country. We have to decide whether we're going to exercise our rights with responsibility or whether we're not going to exercise them with responsibility, because if we're not, we're, we, we're, we're treading on authoritarianism, right? We, uh, you, you know, you bring up, you bring up being conservative and, and again, uh, I brought up lumber, but now I want to bring up another great one, right? One of my favorite ones and gosh, all of us here shoot um, ammo, right? Yeah, ammo, absolutely. Ammo went up in price years ago uh -huh. and about, Obama. Huh? Obama. Yep. Because he was if, coming for your guns. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen the price of ammo or the scarcity of ammo right now. Yeah. But you can't find it. It's ridiculously expensive. Mm -hmm. Now, David, you scrap. I scrap once in a while. I don't know if you two down there scrap yeah. anything. But, right, scrap metal, I'm getting like four cents a pound right now. Yeah. And yeah, it, so, it's nothing. Right. So you tell me how ammo has cost more money. No, these companies are just getting a heck of a lot more money. Um, that's what it is, right? So the – the supply, the supply can stay there on a constant and right. So it's a supply and demand there. Mm -hmm. Demand goes they're up. Just, they, they're they they're scaring you by saying there's going to be no ammo. Right. Yeah. They're scaring you by saying Joe Biden's coming for your guns. Mm -hmm. I've been alive 43 years, which means I've seen Carter, which I don't remember. Reagan, Bush, the first Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, and now Trump. Do you think nobody's seen, come for one of my guns? Do you think you've seen more Bush than Clinton? I am not. There is no way in hell. Either one of them, in all honesty. Sorry, I had I had to go there. I had to go there. You know, and when we look at it, so at some point we're going to get into the social aspect of, of this upcoming election. But I'm just going to tread on that for a moment. Have, here. But yeah, well, we we're really going to get into it soon. So Amy Barrett was. Sworn in last night as the next member of the Supreme Court. And every comment I saw from a conservative supporter, which basically now is the Trump Republican Party supporter, you know, we'll just call them Trumpicans because there are, it's no, really no more Republican Party, is this is great. Look at all the liberals cry. Yeah. When fact, the fact, fuck did this turn into a football game? Right. Fact, fact they're crying. So, fact. yeah. 
Nick and I had this conversation at the beginning of the year, and he said to me, he goes, you know, you're probably the only friend I have that roots for a different football team that when they beat my football team, I don't hear shit from you. Huh. Full disclosure, I grew up in Plainwell, Michigan. The three times I grew up, you know, all those years, the, the Lions beat the Bears because it was probably only three times. I caught constant shit from everybody as if they played the game. Mm-hmm. Irritated the hell out of me. So when my team comes in and beats the Lions, I have a Lions fan here in the corner. He's a good friend of mine. Nick, have you ever heard me say, boy, your team sucks? I mean, I think we both agree that my team – I think you've agreed <laughs> with me when we went 0-2. Oh, Right. I agree with yeah, you, but I'm never the one to bring it up and say, I don't think anybody's today. I don't think anybody's I don't think there's anyone, anyone anywhere disputing that the Lions suck, right? Yeah. The old <laughs> 16 season was a great season. No. Yeah, I say, no, it's it's uh you know, no, right? It, the the answer is just no. Yeah, and this is this what we're dealing with now has turned into some kind of sporting event. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's exactly now, right. I, Three of us on this call dress up as Star Wars characters, okay? Most of these people do not know anything about sports. Mike and I are probably two of the sportier people on in our garrison. Oh, absolutely. I don't know where the hell this came from, but politics is not a sport. This is people's oh. livelihoods. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know- if you're electing a justice that has come out and said abortion's wrong i'm not for abortion that's scary to people because again i'm i'm socially liberal which also means much like mike in the bottom here i'm for mind your own fucking business okay i'm never having an abortion i'm not going to tell you what to do with your body i'm never going to marry a dude i'm not going to tell you who you should marry well it's it's hard my shit to myself I mean, you know, and, and people get pissed when, when they share it, right? So, right, I mean, pride, people get pissed. Why do they get their own day and black, you know, Black History Month? And then and, and just bugs me. So we are, you know, now, now you've, you know, you've gotten me woken up and, and sorry, everybody. This, you know what? This this rest of it is just going to be about this, right? This is, this is 53 where- 53 minutes we did on money. You know, this, there you go. This, this is where my heart starts melting, um, right? This isn't, a, this isn't, I, I really don't swear on these things. Um, I try not to, but tonight it's going to happen, right? David said it, right? This isn't a fucking game. This is people's lives. Um, you know, when we talk about abortion, David, you you said it the other day. Um, or, you know, you just said it. It's not it's not my body. Who might who might to judge? Um, you know, I, I'm getting so sick and tired of of people thinking that people are going to go nine months and have a fucking abortion, right? There's no there's no sane person in this world that's going to do that right the sick fucking people are the ones that are killing their kids in a fucking bathtub drowning five of them and getting off with fucking probation right like these are the sick fucking people right this doesn't happen on a constant basis right abortions are are things that happen right uh you know as sad as it is right i mean you can get tested for things and and there's things where it's like man your kid's gonna live a life that you just couldn't imagine i mean we're all healthy people but I know, I know if I end up a vegetable, right? Let's say I get into a fucking car crash and I end up a vegetable and have to be in a, a thing or they can pull a plug on me. The answer is pull a fucking plug because it's not the life I fucking wanted, right? And yes, who am I to judge what life this kid wants? Well, I'm the parent that brought him into the fucking world. And I don't know about you guys, but my mom said, you know what? 
I brought you into this world. I sure as shit can always take you out of it. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you yell that. But my like, dad, but yeah. Right. Well, you know, I say <laughs> this is this is a thing, and so right that that choice. I mean, that choice, right? You're no 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 sane person, no normal, right? Let's go with the. I don't care if you want to call it eighty percent, right? Ten percent are psycho and ten percent of the other psycho. Like, forget that. But any any sane person can understand. Hey, this is the lifestyle. I, I choose to live type thing. We all choose our own fucking life. I mean, we choose where we are and it bugs me. You hit on one of my, one of my favorite topics, um, right? Gays, right? David, you're not going to marry a dude. That's completely fine, man. But you know what? There's plenty of people out there, plenty of men, plenty of women. They're going to marry the same sex. Not to interrupt Nick. You went to a wedding. I know in New York, I've gone to lots of weddings. (laughs) You went to a wedding in New York, one of your absolute best friends. Yeah. Who did he marry? He married, he married, uh, another man who is a successful doctor. Right. And they're happily married, been together. Oh gosh. I think five years now, something like that. Um, good, strong marriage. Very strong. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk, I mean, when we talk about when I go bowling, right. I go bowl with this guy. I mean, um, you know, the way I see it, and we're going to, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about healthcare, um, quite a bit. And this is, but right. You've now just taken that amount of people and everybody, you know, everybody, Oh, well, the, the, the percentage of divorces are going up. What the fuck does it matter? Like, Oh man, the percentage just look, that doesn't, that doesn't play any effect on, on a president it doesn't play any effect on anybody. Like, I don't care if divorce goes up or down. Like, People falling in love, who cares? Like we were 50% with just men and women. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so now, okay, now we're at 60. I don't really care. Like, it doesn't affect me. I mean, oh, people aren't doing it for what it used to be. Yes, okay, you're correct. They're not doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it for the wrong reasons. They got me. I don't, and, and I and I tell people all the time, I don't give a shit if let's say my wife and I get divorced and I can only find my best friend who's single or whatever, right? I mean. And I go marry him just for insurance. Well, that's the problem. Like when you go marry for insurance, I mean, I know plenty of people right now that are still married. I just, I, I just talked to somebody just the other day. Oh yeah, I'm still married, but you know, we're not together, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, insurance. Oh, well, you know, I yeah. stay together for insurance and we need two incomes in the house. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, like, so you're not happy. I, but the fact is, is like, if you just stay married because of insurance, I mean, it tells you where, where the money is. I mean, you're in healthcare here. So Again, you've just cut so many people's lives, right? Like, now again, my my best friend is married to a doctor. And let's all agree here that doctors are going to make really good money. So he doesn't have to work. Well, now this dude, I mean, granted, a doctor probably pay for private health insurance. But still, I, you know, I, I have two friends. One's a carpenter and uh, the other one lays flooring. Let's say, you know, this one, this one flooring throws his back out like I am right now. Um you know, he can get covered by insurance over here, but now, no, now he's screwed, right? Now mm-hmm. we're, we're going to go into so much debt because people aren't going to have insurance. People aren't going to be covered. Oh, go find a job. It's, it's just, this, this bugs me so much with. I can, I, I, I can tell you as a, as a, you know, again, a, a recovering Republican and a, and a conservative former, well, I, I don't know where, I'm, I don't know where I fall on the political spectrum anymore because of what these Trump humpers, I'm sorry, Trumpkins have done, but anyway, fuckers. Yeah, as as someone who's considered to be a conservative in the 1990s, what I can say is that the moment that government or private industry 
got involved in marriage, it had to be open to everyone. Because as soon as you start keeping score, you know, setting tax policy or, or, or insurance eligibility and stuff like that, you have to open it to everybody. It, become, it no longer becomes a religious issue. So, yeah, and, and, I, and I, was, I, I thought it was really, uh, I love Pope Francis. I thought it was really awesome that he has, is now advocating for civil unions. He's not saying, he's not using the word marriage. That's absolutely his right. He is the head of a church that has more than a billion adherents around the world. He can he can talk about marriage as a religious institution with authority, right? But as soon as you bring that into the public realm, it has to be for everybody. Bottom line. It's no question. Well, and full disclosure here, two of us are recovering Catholics. Oh yeah, right. But but any so my church, the church that I Three of my us. church, my church does not do uh homosexual marriage, but that but that doesn't mean that the that that people who are gay can't get married. They can't get married in my church, but that yep. doesn't mean they can't get married because outside of the church, and when I say church, it could be synagogue, it could be any religious institution or or facility, but that, that they don't have to allow that. That I'm fine with that. But when it becomes a matter of law, it has to be allowed by everyone. Correct. You know, no you you brought up Francis, and, and, and this is sad. Uh, again, so, well, three of us, I didn't know three of us were Catholics, um, right? I went to a funeral just a few years, I mean, a few years back, and uh, I remember, right? So, you know, I'm sitting there, and, and we're talking, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying the words along, and I'm like, John Paul, John Paul, our Pope, and Robert, our Bishop, and then, like, the dude, you know, the father's up there, and he's saying opposite words, and I was like, Oh man, the times have changed. Like, right? I don't even know the people right now. Like that's that's how bad it is, you know. Right. Say, you know, say Francis our bishop, you know, or uh, Francis our pope, and I'm like, oh man, okay, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so, no, it's uh, right when we, right. So now, now the way I look at it is right when we talk again financially, the the amount of people that are going to have to go into more debt because of medical bills, the amount of people. I mean, what are they just, I mean, hopefully they either grandfather these people in. I don't know how that's going to work. Like, I don't know. I mean, we know that this new justice that's coming in literally just is going to, it's going to be the whole turnover. It's going to be the screw of everything. Um, she's come out and say it, but you know, are they just going to, nobody on paper, they're just going to write it off. So like nobody has to technically pay the fee. I mean, people just get to, they have to go change their last name again or something. Like, is that, is that just going to be free? I don't know. Yeah. It's, where, where, it's where's this money considered. coming from? What's going to happen? Right. Um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I have, I have a lot of gay friends mm -hmm. that are very, very successful. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to one a month ago and they said, yeah, my husband and I, depending on the election and everybody, this is a thing. This is a thing. It's funny. Cause I'm not a Trump fan. I'm not a, I'm not a Biden fan. I want to be very clear about that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't call names type of a thing. I try not to. Yes, I, I love the memes and the jokes, and I think they're hilarious about anybody. <laughs> but, right, yeah. um, you know, so, but they, they said, they said, yeah, my husband and I are thinking, you know, depending on the election, we're probably going to end up moving to Greece because we just can't do it anymore. And, and, you know, people are like, well, bye, see ya, you got to go. And it's like, man, why would you yeah. want people to leave the greatest country? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not everybody's going to see. Exactly. 
everybody's like, oh, you know, I'm going, you know, I hope these, I hope these famous people go live to Canada. And it's just like, bye, see ya, man. Like you, you got to look, I mean, to me, I, I just care about people. Like if there's something that's really bothering you, I got to figure it out. Right. Like I, I don't treat everybody like a two-year-old, but if my daughter's crying, I got to figure out why. If, if the thing you're hitting on, Nick, the thing you're hitting on, Nick, is we don't have empathetic people. And you don't, you don't have to be empathetic. You just have to be Well, again, I think, David, and... Do you think you have to be empathetic for, for a person to die? I don't no, I think know. you have to be empathetic no. to not care if somebody says, this sucks, I'm going to move out. Yeah. Well, well, I think I mean, it's it, back to that whole idea, right? Like, when you're talking about people who have, who think that they... They're, they're, that their rights trump their responsibilities. And I use the word trump very deliberately right there, right? Yep. That their rights are more important than any responsibilities they have. Those people are stuck in an adolescent mentality or worse, right? Or, or more like childhood. And so, yeah, we, we learn our empathy as we get older, right? Because we can start to realize that there's a world that exists beyond us. And what I'm really concerned about is you know, Nick, you talked about the 10% on the left and the 10% on the right and the 80% in the middle. I don't think it's really that way. Because if you look at the numbers in terms of, of our politics, at least in terms of the numbers of voters, at least, sure. it's, hopefully it doesn't translate into the population of the whole. We're talking more like about 40%, right? Mm-hmm. So the rational people in the middle are a lot smaller than what you described earlier. And what really scares me is that it's in uh, 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 this forty percent number has been pretty consistent, at least in terms of the electorate. That you've got forty percent of people, and it could be forty percent on both sides easily, that are stuck in some sort of adolescent, you know, they're 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 psychological, social, mental, and intellectual development is stuck at something around adolescence or worse, and these people have the same rights as all the rest of us, but they don't take on the responsibility. And that, I think, it, it, putting everything else aside, the, the, it, getting back to the, you know, the, the core economic and social things that are, that are happening right now in our country, that, that's, the, that's the problem, right? And you talked about, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, about um, you know, all the people that, that, that have said all these, these, these wise things recently. I had a friend, I think she posted this yesterday on social media, um, great friend of mine. Again, she's a, one of my, uh, uh, re- also a, a sort of a reformed Republican, right, that I, that I went to college with. And she said, um, Biden and Harris are no more the cure than Trump is the disease. Correct. Right? These people are not, like, you, you're absolutely right, Nick. These people are not our, our saviors. They're a reflection of who we are. And who we are, it's not a pretty picture, right? And that's the real worrisome thing is that, you know, you talk about the social implications, you talk about the, the financial and economic implications. Our, our politics, we, we, we get the people we deserve, not the people we, we want, right? right. And, and I think that the real problem here is these people reflect who we are as a people. And that, to me, is truly frightening. So I have three thoughts. One is, Mike asked a question before we started, which I want to get to, and that's my last thought. <laughs> the other two thoughts I have are this. So first off, Nick and I talking the other night, we brought up abortion, because that's a, always a hot-button issue. Mm-hmm. And the issue I have with conservatives, which, you know, I know 
some conservatives that aren't batshit crazy, but the majority of them I know that are against abortion, they're not really pro-life. They call this pro-life. They're pro-birth. Okay, they want you to be born. But once you're born, you're on your own. Okay, no neonatal care, no preschool, no Head Start, none of that shit. No free lunches in school. You had that kid, it's your problem. Figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. And that irritates me to my core. Very interesting you say that, because I have a story related to that. But but continue, please. And the other one, um, so... I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Jim, tell your story and I'll come back. Okay. All right. So next question, Mike's question that was asked. That was your first and third. That was my third, but Jim, go ahead. Tell your story. I'll figure out my second. Talking about that whole pro-life thing. Right. And um, so Betsy DeVos, our infamous current education secretary, someone who I used to work with pretty closely back in the day when she was, uh, uh, she was the uh, national committee woman on the Republican national committee. And she was also the chairman of the, of the, Republican Party in Michigan. And around that time, I, I had a, you know, chatting with her. This is also around the time when she was, uh, her husband was running for the uh, State Board of Education and they were prepping him to run for governor of Michigan, which he did and lost to, to Jennifer Granholm. But talking about this, this issue of life and David, you know, no one I've ever talked to on the, on the right has ever summarized it, what you just said better than her. And I said, yeah, so she's talking not only about being pro-birth, but also about you know being against things like assisted suicide and things like that. And I said, but I, you know, and again, I'm the naive twenty-something at this time. I said, but Betsy, what about in the middle? And she said, well, that's not my problem. I said, yeah, but you're a billionaire. And she said, well, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to you know pull themselves up. And she went into this whole litany of conservative tropes but in my mind i'm thinking well well, well, wait a minute if you're going to force people into this you have to provide some sort of a you know and maybe that's where my my conservatism collapsed or began to collapse but but looking back on that that was a watershed moment not just for me but i think she's you know but but her just callous disregard well that's not our that's not my problem in fact i i think she said that's not our problem meaning conservatives like we don't care we like literally don't care what happens, but as soon as that baby's born, if you kill it, it's murder. So right. that's your problem. David, did you think about that thought? I did. So okay. Jim yeah. brought up a friend of his that, you know, said Biden and Harris are not the cure. Yep. Absolutely correct. So I know what I hope for. And I had this conversation with Nick on Sunday. I had it with Mike when he was up watching football with me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So really what we need to get to in this country is certain changes to the way our government works, okay? Mm-hmm. There is no reason that for all but maybe seven years of my life, my representative in Congress should be Fred Upton, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not Fred, he's a nice man. Uh, he was the speaker at one of the epilepsy walks I did in Kalamazoo, and him and I talked on the way to our cars. Very nice person. Mm-hmm. He's been in office for like 35 years. Time to go home. Mm-hmm. Go do something else. Yep. Because there's no reason you should be in office for 35 years. Nope. There's no reason Upton should be in office for 35 years. There's no reason McConnell should be in office nope. for 35 years. There's no reason a justice should get approved for their lifetime. I, you know, if you haven't yeah, noticed, I'm wearing a Ruth are. Bader Ginsburg shirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I think she did so many wonderful things for women. I, I'm a coach of women. I'm a huge proponent of women. There's no reason that lady should have worked until she was 89 years old. She did it because she felt she had to. Yep. There's no reason she should have felt like she had to. Right. Well, you know, I say, and even if you want to, let's say, right. Granted, she felt like she had to because she's seen where this world is going. Right. Um, but even, even if you want to and have to, I think, I think change changes, you know, I mean, Donald Trump's voting for change, right? That's his biggest thing. And one of the, all right. So I have to put it out there to everybody. Right. So David, David, your wife had asked me, we're sitting here drinking one night. This is fantastic, by the way. And, and everyone I know before Nick tells the story, everyone I know that votes Trump, their reasons are bullshit until Nick Except gave us a reason. One. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So, so everybody, everybody said, you know, Don goes, Hey, I don't know why anybody would vote for Trump. I, I can't support that guy and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know, right. I have a possibility to vote, to vote for Trump. And, you know, she just, she was odd and she goes, how could you and blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, so that I, I have two choices, right. I can care about my friends and I can care about everything of, of people. Right. And I can kind of understand where we're headed. Or I, the one thing that Biden said right, was he's getting rid of 1031 exchange and he wants to get rid of my write-offs for my my business in general, right? Mm -hmm. So he wants to, in theory, right, make my business so I no longer am profitable and no longer can do it, controlling it. So the only thing, the only person that's doing that for me is Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump is making sure that I don't have those things. Granted, everybody jokes because, you know, he paid $17 in taxes, I don't know how he got his write-offs, but I got, I got way less write-offs than that. But still, like, you know, I would literally be drained if I vote for, for Biden, right? My, me as a person, me and my life, the way I feed my family, every part of it, mm -hmm. I'm completely broke and I'm screwed, right? So, and then it keeps going and keeps going. And so, you know, she, David and David and Donna, as he said, right, he's never heard anybody actually give a prime example of why they would vote for Trump and you know, everybody always is like, well, you know, I think all lives matter over black lives. And I, I you know, he, he's going to make America great. And you can't describe how, and you know what, if you think America is great based off of its real estate write-offs, awesome. Right. Yes. He's right, very much right. one for you. I, you know, I, if that's how I personally feel, I, I agree. Right. Um, so again, I, I have to vote for, do I care about the masses of, of this world or do I care about myself and my real estate friends? Right. I mean, um, you know, it's, it, it's a joke and I, I'm an admin of a real estate page here in, in Grand Rapids and, uh, my, you know, 95% of the group, honestly, 95% of the group is Republicans, they're business owners, things like that. And, you know, they're like, hey, we should do a paintball fight, right? Republicans versus Democrats. <laughs> and, and it was like... Blue and red paint, right? <laughs> right. Like, well, you know what side I'm going to have to be on. I right. mean, in theory. Um, I'm, you know, I mean, I have to, you know, I have, I can't, I can't vote for either, right? And I told, this is officially my first time ever saying it to people, um, right? I, I have to vote for Jorgensen because I cannot give my money away and I cannot take my friend's rights away. Mm -hmm. So I have to go right in the middle. And... I, and, and the other reason I have to do it is because you hear the amount of people, right, that talked about um, Bernie Sanders, and you hear the amount of people that kind of got on the Jorgensen thing. 
Mm-hmm. And if I don't become that one that starts to set the example, and let's say Jorgensen only gets 2%, well, next election, maybe maybe Libertarian Party or whatever gets 5%. And people start seeing that this percentage is going up, mm-hmm. and maybe they start letting them into the debate. You know what? I don't know if in my lifetime, but I'm hoping that my kids' lifetime, they eventually see the fact that, you know what, there's a chance to get an actual change instead of having this, let's call it 40, 40, and 20 in the middle. Let's hope that, let's hope that if everybody voted, because so many people are voting because they have to vote for Biden because they know that Jorgensen won't win. Right. So mm-hmm. they have to give their vote to Biden and everybody votes for, you know, a vote for Jorgensen is a vote for, for Trump. No, mine, mine officially is not right. Mine officially is for neither of the two of them right. because I can't yep. like, it makes me sick. Right. Like, it makes me have to call my friends at nine o'clock at night and have a two and a half hour conversation figuring out I have to be who I am as a person. I have to be who I am as a man. I, you know, I have to support the one person that actually doesn't want to screw me here and doesn't want to screw everybody else over here. Right. <laughs> you know well, well, and not, not to throw it out there, but you know, you call your friend at nine o'clock at night and he was so excited because he was going to bed by nine 30 and he was still up at 11 30. <laughs> I was, I was so excited. I'm like, man, I'm going to be in bed by 9.30 tonight. And then I called and my wife went to sleep and I'm still up. I, I, I do want to address what you just said, Nick, because, um, because I, until this year, the last time I voted for one of the two party candidates for president was in 1992. And I, I kind of felt like, because I worked for HW that I should vote for him. But um, I do want to talk about that, but let's go to Mike's uh, earlier question first. <laughs> So, yeah. And then I'm also going to sneak off and grab another beer. You do that. Well, no, go ahead first. Mike. Well, my question was because, you know, again, it's Amy Barrett being nominated or sworn in as a Supreme Court justice. Yep. One of the many things Trump is attempting to do besides, you know, delegalize abortion is get rid of parts or all of the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm one that happens to have a lot of pre-existing conditions, and I know that's one protection that comes with the Affordable Care Act, is that if I were to change jobs, I would still have my pre-existing conditions covered. So my question mm-hmm. is, by just happenstance this year, my employer is choosing to switch carriers for insurance. Language would be if the Affordable Care Act were to be changed or you know found unconstitutional in the next just couple of months, you know, could my pre existing conditions potentially no longer be covered? So, David, I'm going to let you handle that from a uh, healthcare policy yep. perspective while I grab another beer and then we can talk about the political ramifications of that. So- sounds good. So First off, Mike, are they switching to priority health? No, they're switching to Cigna. Yeah. So anyways, I, that doesn't help my company at all. I work for priority health. Um, so here's the deal. When you are hired into a company, okay, you're under the company's plan. And they cover your pre-existing conditions. It really doesn't matter because you know, you're on the company policy. They offer you insurance, and as long as you're there, you get to have that insurance. Now, if Mike switched to a company that did not offer insurance or 
lost his job and he had to shop for insurance, he's pretty well fucked. Okay, he's going to have to go someplace and try to find insurance. And if they strike down the Affordable Care Act, first off, I don't care what Trump says. If they strike down the Affordable Care Act, existing conditions are gone. Because there are lobbyists out there for everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And the one thing they hate, as far as the healthcare lobbyists go, is the pre-existing condition mandate that was put in with the Affordable Care Act. Because... That made everybody understand that insurance is really expensive. So I work for the insurance company and I know what my company pays for me to have insurance. Okay. And I know what I pay. So next year I I pay 12 bucks a paycheck and they pay like $1,600 to cover my family until, you know, my daughter drops off when she's 26. Per per paycheck or per per year? No, per paycheck. They pay sixteen hundred per paycheck. Oh, they pay sixteen hundred per month. I pay twelve per okay. paycheck. Well, dollars. So, if the Affordable Care Act goes, not only do the pre-existing conditions go, but the kids on till they're twenty-six goes. Because that used to be, if you were a full-time student, you got to keep your insurance until twenty-six. You say we talked. We talked about that. Well, yeah, that, we that, that's why I had, had to, to take a, a job. Yeah, had to be a well, and. Yep. and Full disclosure, our most popular podcast that we put out so far, as far as just a podcast, not a YouTube, has been the health insurance episode, which I uploaded maybe two weeks ago. That's been our most popular because people don't understand it. So if she's ripped off of my insurance, my insurance goes down, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a month, maybe. So we're still talking $1,400 a month. They're paying for me to have insurance. So when everybody sits there and complains, oh, my God, the Affordable Care Act is so expensive. And they don't say the Affordable Care Act because they don't know. They say Obamacare. Obamacare is so expensive. I have to pay $1,200 a month. Yeah, you do, because that's what a company would pay for you. So you're right. It's expensive and it sucks. But that's the world we live in. You could live in Canada where you pay 50% of your income to taxes. And you never pay an insurance bill. And and you're going to tell me, well, in Canada, socialized medicine sucks because you have to wait six months for an appointment. So here's the deal. I live in the United States of America. My wife has had a doctor for about, I don't know, 12, 15 years, somewhere in that range. And she got a phone call from him the other day. She needed a procedure done. And the office said, yeah, we have to cancel your appointment next week. And she goes, okay, well, when can you get in? And they said, May. And she goes, that's bullshit. I need to be seen now. And they said, well, we can see you in May. So we'll see you in May. And she went, fuck you. I'm going to go find a new doctor. Yeah, right. So you can tell me all you want, but you have to wait forever to see a doctor in a socialized medicine world. But you have to do that in the United States right now. Problem though, David, and I I have- How much money you have. Well, yeah. Problem in, in, in with places like Canada, and Canada specifically, not- Britain, because Britain has a sort of a combination. Yep. Um, but the problem um, with what you just said is that in Canada, you can't go find another doctor. Sure. Well, and so, like, you know, and I, I'm not hating, I'm not hating on, let's say, Trump for this statement, but it happens to be that he's president, okay? Mm-hmm. And he is against COVID, doesn't think it's a thing, or his party has now said, we're just not going to care about it. Okay, so the question was brought to me 
uh, by my friend, hey, you know, what do you think about Trump getting COVID? And I said, you know, that's, that's really sad. And I hope that he gets through it. Right. Because that's who I like. I care about everyone. Like, I don't ever want to see anybody get sick and, and die from it. Um, and he goes, you know, that's real mature. He goes, but I'm seeing, you know, he goes, I'm hearing that people are like, oh, I hope he dies from it. And I was like, again, that goes back to that. I mean, you're saying 40%, Jim, the 40% yeah. cycles, 40% cycles. Like, you know, I, and I told him, I said, it's funny because I have a lot of Democratic people on my thing. And all I woke up to that morning was prayers for Trump, you know, hope he makes it through prayers yeah. for Trump and, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm not seeing it. And, uh, you know, he, go, he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, look, I said, I'm be honest with you, right? Trump is the United States president, okay? He's going to have the greatest health care, the greatest doctors, the greatest mm -hmm. everything. He is going to have the most service. So he's going to get through it, in my opinion, very, very quickly, very strongly. He's going to, you know, he's not in that mm -hmm. high age range, you know, that what, 70 or 80, whatever. I think it's 80, like where, you know, you have a high percentage. I was like, you know, and, and I was like, the whole point of it, right? The whole point of it isn't to, and what everybody's forgetting is, right, we're trying to slow it down because of the amount of people that are going to end up in a hospital at mm -hmm. one time. Right. So right. granted Metro Grand or, you know, Grand Rapids can hold, I don't care, 20,000 people at max capacity throughout all of our hospitals. Well, we have 150,000. If all 150,000 of us get it, I mean, we're going to, you know, we're going to be screwed. I said, you know, so let's put it this way, right? If let's say Trump is in Metro Grand Rapids, he goes to the hospital in Metro Grand Rapids and let's say he's, let's say we have 20 ventilators and he's 21st in line. There's not a damn chance that this dude doesn't have a ventilator, right? right like yeah, I mean, somebody's getting he, booted off for that. Right. Like he gets this guaranteed. So the idea is, is we don't want to have to pick between grandma, mom, and daughter who all three right. in the same household get sick. Who, who do you pick? Right. You got those people that say, well, the daughter has the most time to create a life and better. Everybody goes, well, the grandma has the wisdom to create it. Well, the mom has to, you know, mom has to make it's sure. Economic factor. And also has to raise the daughter. Like you can't, right. like, I'm not going to be the person to pick. That's why I'm not in the medical field. You know what I'm saying? But so, right. Trump gets through it and I'm very glad that he got through it healthy and he's back on it. But then to come out and say, well, it's not that bad. Screw it. Here we go. Dude, like this, this, come on. You, you, you got to understand that, right. You're one of, right. You know, we, we hear stories from so many people. Hey, like the, the one guy, I guess maybe I'm only one that, you know, the one guy goes into the hospital and dies within 24 hours and he got it from his brother who was asymptomatic. Right. Right. Like, I mean, we, we don't know, we, we hear it. Um, you know, I, do I wear my mask? Yes. Right. Um, it's just, again, Jim, you said it earlier, right. Cause I care about others. Um, you know, I, I don't want blood on my hands. Right. Call me, call call me a pussy all you want. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that, right? yeah, I'll like, sign, I'll sign up to be a sheep in that flock any day, right? You know, like I just, you know, I I, I find, you know, I, I've never served in the military. I'll be the first to admit that. I'm not sitting here saying it, right? But, you know, last I heard, you know, from it's funny because you know most conservative people are very military people, and you know mm -hmm. every brother feels for their brother, and it's like why aren't we all brothers? We, because we didn't right. all go to boot camp because we, no, we are all people in the U S who should care about all people in the U S. Yes. Is there shitty people that are going to go rob stuff? Do I care about you? 
I mean, theoretically, I still care about you, and I hope the cop doesn't fucking shoot you. But I, I still think that if the cop hits you in the jaw while he's getting while he's getting you into the car, you know what? Like, I don't really, care. <laughs> I don't care, you know. Um, but but the aspect is 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 you know, if you're taking life, right? Conservative people, you know, they're uh, David. Who was the who was the guy that killed uh, killed people because they wanted to? Jack Kevorkian. Right. Oh, yeah. oh working. What a, what a horrible That's person good. and stuff like that. And it's like, man, to me, like people asked for that and that's what they wanted. Right. They didn't want to live life as a vegetable. Just like, you know, we've talked about, I don't want to, um, you know, but you're, you're the one that's not helping this person not become a vegetable. <laughs> you know I mean? You're the one that's not, Hey, I, I wouldn't want anybody to be in that spot. So um, I, I get so frustrated with, with how, how people are, are, are seeing, you know, again, everybody's a sheep because you follow. No, people are generally just caring. And if you look at each situation, how it is, we, we, we find that. So no, who, doesn't want to see a, who doesn't want to see a cat butt right on? Right right, on I know, exactly. All of you do. That's why he's there. Yeah. So, Nick, I think you'll enjoy this. I probably won't. I think you will. Because you, you talked about it a minute ago. So I, I've been fortunate. I, I've gone to Hawaii six times in my life. Every time I've gone, they use the same joke. So good. I'm <laughs> glad it's good. So good. They use the same joke. They call everybody cousin. What's up, cousin? <laughs> everybody is their cousin. You know why everybody's your cousin? Everybody's, everybody's family, cousin. baby. We all have the same uncle. Uncle okay. Sam. Yep. Fact. Yeah. No, it's uh and that's how they treat you. They treat you as family when you're there because we all have the same uncle. Aloha. Well, I think they treat you as family because they want your money and they have to treat you <laughs> with <laughs> might be some of that too. Yeah, let's say. Um no, you know, I I think my my issue my issue is right when we look at when we look at Biden. Right. He wants to raise taxes on people that make over four hundred thousand dollars in a year. And I actually I've lost a couple friends on Facebook um, because when Bernie Sanders was running, I made a I made a post, which was one of my very few political posts. And I said it was ridiculous that he wants to tax anybody at fifty one percent. And it was I don't know, it was some ridiculous number. I don't, I don't care if it's a million bucks a year. Um, and I said that this is crazy. Uh, I don't think anybody should be taxed that high. And they're like, well, if you're making that much money, I said, look, you should never take home less than half of the money you make. Never. Like that's my personal opinion. If you want to say 49.9%, I'm probably a little bit there, but 51%, I'm not going to do it. I'm 50%. I'm not going to do it. Right. Anything less than 50. If you're going to take home half of what you make now, granted, if he also put out this entire statement thing that said, hey, after 51%, you're not going to get your deductions. You're not going to get this. You know, I mean, granted, that, that 51 wasn't going to look like 51 after it was all done. But the idea to me is 51% is just out of, out of range, right? I mean, you say, hey, Jim, I think you said it right, where, you know, the top eight people, like, you, you can't spend it in 10 generations or oh, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. It's, um, it's insane. I made but, up a number, but yeah, it's, it's an insane amount of money. But still, like, I mean, I, I personally don't feel, I personally don't feel that anybody should, right? 
anybody should put in a hundred percent of anything and get less than 50% back out of it. I mean, that's just my opinion. People have built up this amount of time. If you said, Hey, you know what? Errors, right? Like the Walton's errors shouldn't, you know, they, they should start being taxed a higher percent because they're not doing shit with their life except for living off of, you know, granddad's money. Dude, I'm totally all about that, right? Like you've done nothing to keep stimulating the economy. You, you, somebody else did it before you. I think first time, like Bezos, right? I mean, he he he's the first person to do Amazon. Now, if he passes that along, dude, raise taxes on that next person, right? Because that's that's the cost of that. Because for making it so successful, I mean, it, I it's my opinion again. So I have two huge issues with Reagan. Mike and I talked about this the other Reagan. My oh, first. Okay. My first huge issue with Reagan doesn't know how to take a bullet. No. Okay. It, it's AIDS. Mm -hmm. AIDS was a gay disease. He didn't care. Fuck oh. it. He's never going to talk oh, about it. Wait AIDS. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We had so hang on a second here. What? We had somebody who ignored a, a plague essentially, and you don't approve of that. Okay. Oh. I do not. Right. Why would you? Right. So we have somebody else who's ignoring a plague. Okay. I don't agree that. AIDS was just a gay disease because no, everybody gets AIDS now. Um, and my other issue with Reagan is the rewriting of the tax code. So Nick says nobody should have to pay 51%. You're absolutely right. So the way the tax code used to work was if you made up to $10 million, your tax bracket was, I believe it was around 39%. Mm -hmm. For everything you made over $10 million, you paid 70% of that into taxes. So if you made $11 million, you paid 40% off the first 10 mil. You paid 70% off the 11. And Nick and I talked about this the other day, and you have to ask yourself, how much is enough? I know with $11 million, I'm pretty well set. If I'm making $11 million a year, but if I'm not donating 70% of that $1 million, I'm an asshole. Say, but you get to choose that. You get I to do get to choose that, but I have no problem if the government says, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna give it to poor people. Or I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna put it into healthcare. My issue is is I should be able to choose where that goes. I I have no issue with them choosing that for me. It it, it was it was mine. I earned it or my people that I hired, the people that I hired, hired, hired. Understood. The problem is, Nick, you and I would, would absolutely sit there and say, here, take this money and do some good with it. Hang on, yeah. though. Yep, Talk go ahead. For a second. If you, if you make a charitable donation of that money, you're choosing where it goes. Yep. And then you're not being taxed on it. Correct. So that's kind of the same thing, right? Correct. So you can, you can if you choose not to give it away, then I think... I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that I had to think about this for a bit, but, but theoretically speaking, then, yeah, then it goes to the government they choose. So I think you do have the, it's like you have the right of first refusal, right? Right. You can say, I'm, I'm going to, I have the right to say that my money's going to go here, but if I choose not to do that, then the government's going to confiscate it and they're going to do something else with it. So yeah, you maybe. Okay. I know what Nick is as a person. So mm -hmm. I know Nick went out one day around Grand Rapids and handed out pizzas to homeless people. Mm -hmm. So I know Nick is going to do what's right. Nope. He's gonna... nope. I want to stop you right there. Number <laughs> one, everybody that's watching, this officially was not for homeless people. Yes, does Grand Rapids have a lot of homeless people? I wanted to feed 
people, right? If you were out there jogging, granted, who's going to stop and get pizza? But this pizza was for any person that stopped by. I would do right? it, though. If, if Jim if Jim seen it on Facebook back in the day, hey, Nick's handing out pizza here, and if you were hungry, if you wanted a free lunch, if you wanted something, blah, blah, that, pe- that pizza was not necessarily for homeless. Yes, it just happened, right? I'm going to go to a place where I know it's going to go. But right. that, my intention was to feed people. But many of them were homeless. Yeah, so let me let's, let's it be turned honest. Turned out that way. But I so, would again, if I was just jogging along and somebody's giving me pizza, I'm taking the damn pizza. That's all I'm yes. saying. I'm eating the freaking pizza. Well, I remember Don came to me and said, "Hey, we're gonna order a couple pizzas for Nick," and I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell are you talking about?" She's like, "He's giving pizza to homeless people." I'm like, "Oh yeah, order a couple pizzas, go for it." Yeah. So I know Nick's gonna do what's right with his money. But for every Nick, there's a hundred Bezos who's gonna go. Hey, I'll give your money to charity, but my money—that's mine. Fuck you. Well, no, yeah, yeah, but I think I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say, David, is that Bezos has that choice, and if he ch- and if he chooses not to do it, then you can, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's you know, I I think taxes. So, David, you had a second point, right? One. Um. One was one was Reagan for the taxes. Oh, and the second yeah, the one, other one was AIDS. 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 Okay. Yep. Sorry. Um, you know, I, 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 it's hard because, you know, we, we talk about back in the day, right, where uh, Medicare came into play, right? So, and yes, it happened to a lot of African Americans. It also happened to some whites some asians and everything like that right like hey if you made less than a certain amount of money you know we're going to give you medicare medicaid and what i find you know is is you know at this time african americans were were of the you know they didn't have the amount of generations to come out of slavery i mean whites became um rich because of right i mean on african backs of slaves absolutely yep my family that my family was involved in that right so so we we go into it but you know then we we handed we handed out free money right and so when and we talk about it all the time when when you're handed something you're not going to treat it the way as you earned it right so when you find that hey i can do it the easy way and just get handed these things i get i get very frustrated with that so um you know, I think that people should have to work for things. Everybody has, again, I, I believe everybody has those opportunities for things. Um, you know, we get, we get pissed. People get pissed all the time where it's like, Hey, you know, you, you're over here, you're over here making 20 grand a year or 40 grand a year off of all your, you know, your free housing, your food vouchers, you know, I, that was the whole point of uh, my, my buddy's topic. That's what it was. So it was right. The top eight people, make mm-hmm. make uh more than 200,000 or 200 million, million people, people in the US combined and we're getting pissed off about the lady who's who's exactly. buying yeah. a, a cookie at the store with food stamps. Yep. <laughs> it was like, you know, we're mad about that one, but we're not pissed about the eight people that literally make more than 200 200 million of us combined. Um that was the whole thing. But I Yes, we got a stimulus. All of us got a stimulus. Everybody everybody in in the in the u.s got the money i mean even technically even uh uh bill gates right no no no, no, have, no the stimulus or no, so it was 100, and less right yeah 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 so right but i mean those, those people we all got we all got it and so yep. 
the aspect is, is, you know, it's, it's another handout, right? And it's to get by, it's to get by. And when you're jobless, yes, sometimes you need that little bit to get by. Um, I think they did it really well with choosing the 175,000 or so, right? Cause I mean, huh. normally those pe- the people above that are, are financially smart enough to, to make decisions. So. Well, I think what happened there was though the problem I had with that, like and as as David said, was that comes to something like five dollars a day, right? You're not making your no. you're not making like so twelve hundred dollars maybe. And again, I you know I live in the suburbs in West Michigan, so I have a pretty um, you know moderate housing cost. I live in a nice house, but you know I I know what my son's rent is. He's twenty years old, living off on his own. That did not would not cover two months of my son's rent, nor would it even cover a month of my mortgage, right? It, it would. Think, it wouldn't cover two months' rent into any of my properties. Yeah. Or the properties that I know. Right. I think like the cheapest house I know of, like college kids are renting for like what four fifty bare minimum for a room. Yeah, but that's how yeah. many kids per house right yeah like five five kids a house yeah like, so yeah like maybe maybe too much for like a college kid okay, yeah 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 good point right so you got yeah. somebody out at grand valley state or even at michigan state or whatever and maybe that's two months for them maybe maybe, or maybe, yeah, maybe exactly. three at the if i don't bring, i don't know any three two. Oh, okay all right yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah yeah so no, it's, and I, I think that that's you know um you know so i i'm not i'm not on the the thing i and the problem is, is I don't think there's accountability for giving right. away free things. And I think that that's something that needs to happen, right? Like, um, you know, if I give, if it's like a child, right? If mm-hmm. I give my daughter money, it's only after she does something for me, right? And I think America needs to hold that to a thing where, hey, if I'm giving you free housing, you need to give me something, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to give me proof that you're trying to make America better, um, you're getting food. You can't, I, I, there's gotta be a way. And I, I don't know the answer. Everybody out there, I don't know the answer of how you're going to have proof and it'll create a job for somebody to mm-hmm. track stupid proof of something like, you know, uh, we watched, we watched, uh, the Netflix document of, of, uh, jail systems, right. And how they're mm-hmm. using people to, yeah. to, uh, uh, stimulate the economy and like, yep. you know, use cheap labor and yeah, free labor. labor basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think if you're getting something, <clears throat> unless you're, unless you're like, I feel like even physically disabled people, like there's still something they can give back in some way, sure. shape or form. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Well, Everybody. You know, I, had, I had a cousin who was paraplegic and uh, he was an aircraft mechanic in the air force. And then he got in a car accident but then he started to he started rebuilding carburetors. This was back in the day when carburetors were a thing. So yeah, with I'm an his old mouth? guy, right? Right? Like, yeah. With his mouth? No, no, he was paraplegic. I'm sorry. He, yeah, he's paraplegic, not quadriplegic. So oh, not quad. I'm thinking was, yeah. No, no, yeah. So he was he had full use of his body from the waist up. But so he started to rebuild carburetors and do other things. So yeah, he absolutely had something to contribute. I think the vast majority of people have something to contribute. Um, and and I, I and, and one of the things, kind of I think that kind of dovetails with what you're saying, Nick, is um, you know there, there's often this uh, I, I think especially on the left this knee-jerk reaction to compare the United States to other countries, and I think that's 
a big fallacy for a number of reasons, right? First of all, the United States, in terms of population, is a large country. You can't say that our healthcare system should be like Sweden or Denmark because it just doesn't scale up that way, right? So those people can pay whatever they pay, you know, percentage they pay in, in uh, taxes, and they can have socialized medicine. But then you have to scale that to American, to the size of America. And not only that, but the United States is pretty unique in the sense that um, we treat old age like a disease. And most yep. other countries, especially outside of North America, most other countries treat old age like old age, right? So like, so in, in Sweden and Denmark and other, you know, Ukraine and Russia, if someone is 80 some years old and they get cancer, they're not going to get the most, you know, they're not going to get extraordinary experimental life, uh, you know, saving treatments, right? They're going to be allowed, they're going to be basically, you know, made comfortable and allowed and nature is going to be allowed to take its course. So the, the, the cost of, of some of these social programs in other countries is not comparable to what Americans would expect. You know, my mom was 79 years old. She died of cancer and she died. It was actually kind of a very sudden thing. Her treatments were very expensive because of other factors in our healthcare system. But at the point that she died, none of us would have expected, you know, the hospital to, to do millions of dollars worth of healthcare to save her. Right. But a lot of people do expect that. And yeah. I think that's one fallacy. And the other thing is in places, you know, in, in, that, that, that where I think we, the, the, especially the left makes a, makes a, a you know, a, a big mistake is in comparing the United States, our economies are much, much different. Right. So for example, you look at someplace like Switzerland, you talk about giving people something for nothing. Uh, Switzerland, I believe, recently did a, a basic income experiment where they, they, they guaranteed everyone something like a, you know, a minimum of what we uh, of, of the equivalent of about $3,000 in monthly income, no matter what. But also look at Switzerland. And when COVID-19 hit, their mask compliance rate was well north of 90%. Yeah. So that's much more of a sort of communal collective mentality as opposed to the individualism in the United States, right? So in the United States, that didn't work. Well, to your point, giving a lot of people $3,000 in income, a lot of people, quite frankly, are going to go out and blow that, right? Yeah. It's not going to go toward making America better. Whereas in Switzerland, you can give somebody $3,000 in you know, minimum income and they're going to do the right thing. They can be counted on to do the right thing. United States, well, we can't be counted on to do the right thing, right? You know, so I, I want to go back to where I was talking about giving giving free money. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we give free money to people that are doing things. And then I, you know, and then I go back to, right, deductions and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. And this is nothing against farmers. I love farmers, right? Yep. And But we, we, we give so much to farmers, right? Um, and we have to because we have to feed America. And everybody takes so much pride and, oh, you know, pride our farmers. And, and I do, right? Thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Mm -hmm. You're out there early in the morning. And, but you look at it and it's like, okay, you know, they're getting so much money to stimulate, to feed us. And without them, we wouldn't eat, but we have a problem with feeding a person. And again, it's usually, usually the people that, again, usually not everybody, usually the people that have a problem with giving the free money 
are also the people who are pro-life mm-hmm. who are and, and it's yep. like maybe oh well what if they become the next big thing well then why aren't you well you're willing to give this farmer who's who's doing whatever why aren't you willing to give this kid exactly that exact same thing yep. for for however long until they become a farmer till they become a doctor till they yep. become something right. big with their life yeah. and chances, it's an investment in the future right right like you know, but, but so we're willing to do it on certain things, but we're not willing to do it on other things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it, and it fully bugs me. You know, you brought up Betsy DeVos. It's mm-hmm. one of my big frustrations, right? Mm-hmm. That this, yeah, I, for, too. for how much money her family has, I feel like she's dumb as shit. Um, <laughs> I just do, you know, I, I don't understand anybody that, that wants complete privatization. Um, you know, we, I think your community builds up around you. My wife and I have, because again, I am, I come from a very, I probably do have more of a conservative mindset than I, than I should with my wife. But uh, again, we're going to talk local here. We, we look at East Grand Rapids, right? They have a sailing club. They have an equestrian team. They have, you know, the, 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 the nicest everything. I mean, this is where wealthy folk live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, unless you're on Lake Michigan in Holland, <laughs> but which is, which is where Betsy DeVos has a, a home. Right. Of course. I mean, right. yeah, I say, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, so we, but you look at it and it's like, okay, but a lot of their, a lot of theirs comes from donations. Right. Mm-hmm. And you look at college teams, right. You look at Michigan, where does their money come from? Boosters, right. Wealthy private, people yep, it's, back. Yep. And so it, to me, it becomes, it's not, it's not that the government's funding all of this, mm-hmm. right. It's that the, the people, so we looked at a house when I was younger, right, in East Grand Rapids, because we we were thinking ahead for our child and where she mm-hmm. should go to school. And I, I like East Grand Rapids, and I want her to have the best opportunities. Um, and we found the house that we absolutely loved. And it was, let's say I lived in a $200,000 house here, and I looked at a $200,000 house there, which was ridiculous to find, low mm-hmm. economy. Uh, but taxes there were $9,600 um, a year, wow. where my taxes here are $2,200. Mm-hmm now a year right like i mean so i'm paying three four times you know three and a half times more monthly right i mean it was it was the same as a mortgage payment here sure. at that point. Oh, yeah. like and so um you, you have to you know if you want bigger and better things you have to pay for it and these uh-huh. people do through taxes these people do through through different things right I mean, again we talk about canada right they want free health care they pay for it you know go I, I remember the first time I was dumb as shit. I didn't buy it because uh, I, I had Google back then. But, uh, you know, I was like, it was like 99 cents, 99 cents for gas. And I was like, dude, why didn't everybody yeah. come over here? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's per liter, right? Yeah, and 99 like, Canadian cents per liter, right? Yeah, I say per liter. And it's like it takes 3.2 liters to equal like one gallon or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, back then gas was like a dollar 20 here in America. And it's like $3. I was like, Oh, never mind, never mind. I'll pull yeah. back up in Detroit. <laughs> I'm like, why don't Canadians go over here? You have, to, but, you, have, uh, you have to, you have to do a lot of, you have to do a lot of complicated math in Canada and figure out you're getting screwed on gas. Right. Yeah. Well, so even at their ATMs, <laughs> I think I paid, I think I paid $20 in ATM fees to get $20 out of the ATM. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, I lost out of the casino anyway, but but their, um, but their money is really cool looking, so it's worth it. So, no, you know, but Betsy DeVos, right? She just mm-hmm. she'd rather have she'd rather have people pay for themselves than support the people that she's choosing to keep alive. If that yep. make you know, if that's making sense, right? She's forcing people to keep people alive, and 
big percentage of those are the ones who are who are who are struggling right and i'm not going to say that there's not rich people out there having abortions and i'm not going to say that there's not poor people out there having like right there, there's probably we could throw out scenarios and we don't want to do this right we we don't but like think about it every every aspect of somebody's life there's probably something there that causes why this happens right and who sure. are we to um but you know you, you you look at you look at inner cities and their education level just isn't the same as uh, 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 the next tier up. And then, you know, so for everybody watching, I guess, right. So, uh, inner city of Grand Rapids, which has now become good. Their Grand Rapids school district has, has gotten better, but you go Detroit, Grand Rapids was maybe above that. Right. I mean, it was still garbage. And then you kind of maybe went to Godwin, maybe to Kellogg'sville, maybe to Granville. And then you popped up to like East Grand Rapids, right? I mean, they just, they set the precedent of like what a good school was. I mean, um, you know, we have, we have private, eh, private. So we have charter things here, right? Black river is what number three in the nation for school. You have to, you have to guarantee that you get accepted. You don't have to go to college. You have to get accepted into a college in order to, to graduate. Right. Like yep. these people, right. They harp on, on education. And, and I think that we are one of the lowest educated countries for how wealthy and how knowledgeable mm -hmm. we are, yep. we just don't force it on everybody. Right. So if you're going to force it, make it, make it a big thing, like mm -hmm. support everybody to make sure they have a good education. So That's not it. that I want to divulge off of this, but for a minute, let's, let's go since we're talking about the boss and, and pro-life. So let's say they take up Roe and they decide, you know, because they have a six to three majority that they can get rid of Roe now and we're getting yeah, everybody, rid of huh? everybody it's it's Roe versus Wade, right? So you yep. guys can look it up. Yep. Roe yeah. So, so they're gonna get rid of it and, and now abortion is illegal. Okay. So let's just for a minute think about that. So I'm ten years old, the movie comes out. It's called Dirty Dancing. And I remember a scene where baby went and got her dad because somebody had something happen and she was going to die and blah, blah, blah. I'm 10. I don't know that she had an abortion and by some backdoor doctor that mutilated her and shit. Because I'm 10. No 10-year-old knows what the hell's going on. Mike and I had this conversation the other day. He was, what, like 12, 13? Mm -hmm. and, and probably in the same situation. He doesn't necessarily know what the hell's going on. So here's the deal. They outlaw Roe. They're not getting rid of abortions. They're getting rid of safe abortions. They're killing well, women. What happens with if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, then it goes back to the states. It so does. Then, so then now you have an interesting dynamic in that unlike in 1973 when this was passed, it was a you know different world, right? Now you're going to have states where it will be legal you'll have states that where it will be illegal you'll have states where with various you know forms of regulations but it doesn't necessarily end legal abortion what it does is throw things into chaos and again going back to this whole idea that the current president thrives on chaos it's going to just create more chaos right so yeah, yeah. You, you have places like mississippi and alabama where um there, there are already laws on the books that are being challenged that have basically made any form of abortion illegal and punishable as a crime all the way to places like California and, you know, Massachusetts where it's subsidized by the state government. So, so, so that's, yeah, that's, that's where, we, that's where we're left with that. 
Yep. I want to put this. I want to put this in perspective for some people. Um, right? Guess what he's describing is when you look back just a few years ago, because this is still brand new, where gay marriage is a thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay? Yep. But you had a few states that allowed it, right? I mean, yep. you know, you're, you're, you're east and west coast, New York and, and mm-hmm. California and things like that. And one of my proudest moments was, you know, I'd start having friends post, hey, I'm not going to ask any questions, but uh, yeah, you've officially lived with me and my residence, right? Um, <laughs> if that's what you want, right? right so it right. Yep. can yep. take a long time to get there. Um, you know, but I, and, and state, you, you'll find states will follow what the mm-hmm. what the masses are right you they call us sheep but i mean <laughs> what the masses exactly are, exactly yeah kind of what happens so um you know I'll, I'll put it out there right if michigan becomes one of those states that let it happen man I, my house is filled with a thousand people and i've met you from day one <laughs> you know yeah um, but but, but yeah. we, we yeah. go back to i say I, I think david and i when we talked about abortion right we talked about china mm-hmm. right you look at china and abortion is technically illegal I mean, right, you can get killed for it. Um, but look at the amount of men that are in China. Why? Because China, you know, Chinese, they, they want the name to live on forever. So they have men. Well, guess what happens? I mean, you're backdoor abortions for, you know, when, when, cause you can do an ultrasound and figure out what the sex is. Mm-hmm. And if it's a woman, you know, they, they, they terminate it. So um, they've made it illegal and things like that. And you're only, cause you're only allowed one child. So um, you know, it's, it's, you're just, you're stepping on, you're stepping on so much to make it happen. I mean, right. I assume California will keep it legal. I assume New York will come along because right they're they're open to these things, but you'll, you'll find people that will, will move and, and make it happen. Right. I mean, yeah, but not only that, but then you're talking about people and, and which is the case now with some of these state laws who have functionally been shut out from this, from this decision you know, because, because for example, I think, in, and I, I, I don't know if, if I, I'm, I'm kind of making this up a little bit, but I believe it's Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, and it, it may be some combination of those or whatever, have passed laws that say, well, you have to be within, you know, the doctor has to have admitting rights to the local hospital, or you have to be within, you know, a certain distance from a, you know, from a hospital or whatever, which is already functionally shut out people in rural areas from being able to, you know, to make this decision safely. And then, you know, so, so then what do you do? So if you're a, you know, if you're a 16 year old girl, and I'm just going to lay this out there, you're a 16 year old girl living in rural Alabama, who's been raped by her uncle and gets pregnant. What do you do? You can't go to Michigan, right? You can't go to even, you can't go to Montgomery or, or, or Tuscaloosa or, you know, Birmingham, you're fucked yep. in every sense well, of the word. Well, you know, and everybody, they put that up there and they're like, well, that doesn't happen all the time. Yes, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, touchy subject, right? Black lives matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Yes, black people don't die every single time, but it happens, right? I mean, it, oh. it, it's a thing. Like Exactly. I, 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 wish, I wish people would open their eyes and understand that look, not every situation fits the same person. We're not, this is America where we're allowed to be who we want and how we want to be. So now let that be a thing, right? Because we yep. are not robots. We are not all the same. We are not there. Exactly. Like, you don't know this person's situation. I don't know if she got raped. I don't know if she mm-hmm. is doing it because she wants to. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the million dollar person that just says, hey, I don't want to drag my name through the mud. 
that I had out of wedlock. I don't know if it's the 16 year old that got raped by her uncle. Like, you don't know, right. You don't know if that's the current president who's paying for abortions that he's, you know, from women he's knocked up along the way. Right. Right. I don't know that. Like, and who am I to ask that? Right. If you go to a private Island and get caught there on a constant basis with photos happening, I, you know what? I don't, you know what? It, it comes out and I get to be the guy to go, no, that didn't happen. Or yeah, it did. Yep. But you know what? It sucks. It sucks to say, right? It doesn't impact my life. Mm-hmm. It tells me who you are as a person, but it doesn't impact my life. Yep. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to hang out with that person on a constant basis. Well, and what we should be in this country is celebrating diversity, but we don't do that. No. You know, there, there's that meme that keeps going around of, I haven't unfriended anybody because of their political viewpoint. Can you say the same? I, no, fuck no. Full disclosure, fuck you. I, oh, I have unfriended yeah. a lot of people and they can right? kiss my ass. I'm not friends with them anymore. I'm not friends with them on Facebook. I'm not friends with them in real life and they can all kiss my ass. I, you know, I have a- not. Mm-hmm. I have not. I, I, I guess I can officially say that. I, I say, you know, because I, you know, I, I will question a lot of things. Right. Again, I will question so much. Um, and if you have a great point, just like, right. Like if I left the whole, if I left the whole thing, this is why I would vote for, you know, yes, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump to Don, right. She would have thought so much different of the aspect, but when you give it, when you give an okay answer and to me, it was right. To me, it's justified apparently to you guys, right. You said, Holy crap. That's an actual, well, that's an actual concern, right. We're, we're still friends because of it, but it's the only one thing that I have to, to do. So, I will always question. Now, if you're, if you're sitting here saying this, yeah, I, I probably, I will think differently of you, <laughs> but I haven't unfriended anybody. Full disclosure. My best friend is a Trump supporter. Why? Mike knows. Mm-hmm. Abortion. Yep. He's pro-life and he will vote for anybody that says they're pro-life. Now, my I know favorite... as well as anybody, Trump's not pro-life. No. My favorite question. How many kids does he have? None. <sighs> How many has he adopted? None. Right. How many? How many wives? None. None. How many relationships? I don't know, like a lot, but none oh, okay. serious. So, so right. I mean, this guy, this guy, right? This guy who has nothing to do with family aspects of things he wants, wants other people to be forced into it. Right. I mean, I, I'm the first. I know this guy, and I'm sitting here going, <laughs> dude, a. If you got stuck with this crazy woman. And you had this kid, you would be the first person to bitch and complain that you had to pay a child support your entire mm-hmm. life while living in the basement. I'm not saying you go for an abortion, but I'm just saying, like, you would be the first person to be like, oh, my taxes are so high, or oh, mm-hmm. this, like, I have to pay what for how much for who? Like, I don't get to see this kid. Like, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's, it's hilarious to me. The, the people that are pro life and what their what their life situation is right like Mm -hmm. honestly if you're the person who has adopted any amount of kids and you're pro-life cool man like i get why you say it because you're willing to adopt you're yeah not if you're willing to adopt out i mean granted you're probably pro-life throughout the whole world but you know not if you're willing to adopt outside of the country but like if you're willing to support the people that are here and build up the usa and how great it is i'm gonna give you credit for it well, and when, when we look at it, so I'm pro-choice. I know Mike's pro-choice. Um, and, and I said it earlier, we're pro mind your own fucking business. But when it comes down to pro-choice, 
I don't feel I should be able to tell any woman what they should do with their body. But if my wife got pregnant, which she can't, but if she did, and she said, I want to have an abortion, we would have a long conversation mm -hmm. about it because I don't want her to have an abortion. If my daughter comes and says, hey, dad, I'm pregnant, I, we're going to have a long conversation because I don't want her to have an abortion. Now, if she decides I can't do this, that's on her. I'm going to support her because she's my daughter and she's made a, a thoughtful decision and I made my case and that's but the what, end of the day. But what if the husband wants it? Or wants a boyfriend? Or a person? Again, it's not my body. I'm going to support her. See, and, I, and I, I think that it takes two people to make the decision. So, right, if you say you don't know who it is and you can prove it, yes, right? But, like, I mean, we have to have a quick court cases and things like that, but I'm, I'm the kind of person where, right, it took two to make it. It takes two to make that decision. And, you know, that's, that's who I am, right? We watch Maury Povich, and you got the one chick who's been on there like 36 times, doesn't know who the daddy is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think if you, if, you, if you say, hey, this is the first one, and it goes to a paternity, and you can draw it and figure it out. But, I, I you know, I'm not – I don't know. I think, like, me as a father, my wife would never, right, but – if she did and I wanted it, I think I have the right to, to raise my kid or if my wife, vice versa, right? Let's say I'm a man and I wanted my wife to have one. No, she has that choice, right? Like granted women have that choice now, <laughs> but um, I, I think it becomes both, definitely both. Yeah, I think in a healthy relationship, certainly um, it, it should be that conversation, right? Like you said, David, um, however, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, that's why these are difficult things, right? That are, and, and these kinds of things are certainly above my pay grade. However, having said that, I don't think we should be appointing people to the Supreme Court who um, have, you know, who have a dogmatic view either way. And I think that's, that's part of the problem that we're, that we're facing right now, right? I just, um, just want to say, I just want to say I like beer. <laughs> also true. It's very true. I, I, you know, me, Donkey Dog, Doug, Greg, Squee, you know, we're, I like beer. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Well, I mean, to add something to you all that you know, we talked about the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's all these questions coming out and neither Biden nor Harris will make a statement about, you know, loading the Supreme Court. But yep. basically that's just what Trump did. Yeah, you know, he basically just ensured a majority for probably the possibly next fifty years. Yeah, mm -hmm. and 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 you know, the amount of people that are going against—I mean, I, I personally, right? So I don't care who who Trump puts into office or puts into the Supreme Court. I care because I care about my friends. But right when we look at when we look at these people, we need to. I personally think we need like a. That, that's why we need term limits because you look at the the guy I just mentioned, right? Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. um, right? Him and his drunk friends and having a chance of rape and has proven that he has not held himself to make the right decisions at all parts of his life. I mean we're allowing this guy to make decisions for the rest of us. And, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, I, I think that you need to represent yourself and everybody says, Oh, well, your past isn't your past. Okay. 
Well, you know, if I went out and I don't know if I, if I went out and got drunk and hit somebody yesterday, well, my past is in my past. That was yesterday. You guys have to forgive it, but Oh, it's just college time. No, he, he was going into law this entire time, his entire career of what he was doing. This wasn't like he did it when he was 12. Well, no, career choices. No, actually, actually, Nick though, um, what he was accused of happened when he was in high school. And he sure. was underage at that time. So I think there is a little bit of a, of a buffer there, right? Because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't set on his career path yet. He did make a lot of poor choices after he got to college and while he was in law school, but the specific allegation that came out against him was when he was like 16 or 17 years old. Sure. And, and you know, it's just... And, I, and I'm not defending him. I don't like Brett Kavanaugh, but, but there is that well, sort of youthful indiscretion kind of thing, right? And, and I get that, but... Mm -hmm. Right. When we're when we're looking at things, when we're looking at things is, you know, I I'm like you, I guess I believe in the Constitution. And, mm -hmm. and I think I think it's really hard because we look at the Constitution and we realize when it was written, I don't think people can see into the future as much as they can. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody fights AR-15s and everybody fights, you know, but and I, I tell people right now. Right. You know. I can't own a bazooka. Right. Or a tank. Right. <laughs> yeah. And well, you know, full, you disclosure, got full disclosure, Jim and I have this conversation a lot when it comes to the second amendment. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, before you go on, Nick, I kind of want Jim to explain to me, well, to, to our viewers, <laughs> his interpretation of the second amendment. Cause I absolutely agree with him. Okay. Well, I think Nick's probably following along with this, right? I, you're I talking about, like you can't, oh, you can't own a bazooka or whatever. The Second Amendment was essentially set up to ensure because, because right, militias were so important to, to the revolution. And um, our founders realized that, um, you know, that, that one, of the, one of the reasons they were, that they were able to win the war was because of militias and because the, the vast majority of, of our fighting forces were militia. It wasn't, you know, the regular army didn't exist, right? that the Continental Army formed, but it was formed from militias. It was formed from people who had prior military experience, primarily with the French and Indian Wars. So what happened was they said, okay, we need to, you know, we need to be able to have these militias for two reasons. The main reason, well, one of them was to defend the states. And the second reason was to be able to form an army on the go because we didn't really have a standing army at that point. But at that time, and I think this is where you were going, Nick, right? At that time, individuals could own the most sophisticated hardware known to, to, you know, to, to the military, right? So the musket was it. That was the best that you could do. And individuals owned muskets. And to your point, I think, Nick, where maybe where you're headed with this was for us to be able to keep up today, the sec, you know, to, to keep up with the original intent of the Second Amendment, which was to allow states to defend themselves essentially against a, a central government that was too powerful or against external forces was for them to be able to own the most sophisticated military hardware available, which would today include bazookas, tanks, nuclear weapons. Oh my God. Yeah. So the, these, these idiots that were trying to kidnap our governor, really like you, you, you guys are a real militia. No, that's, that's total bullshit. Right? So I think the second amendment, if we really want to, if we really want to, to keep, if, if we really want the Second Amendment to, to continue to be a thing, we have to address that. 
the fact that do we really want individuals of the caliber of people that we that we saw in those mug shots to be able to own the most sophisticated military hardware? No. I personally think the reasoning behind the Second Amendment no longer applies. That's my opinion, right? There, it's, it's impossible for us to truly keep our, you know, our government at bay, yeah. right? Because we would really, we would need the most sophisticated hardware, like you're saying, we would need bazookas, we would need tanks, we would need, you know, all these weapons. It's just not possible. But I, I, I want to dumb it down for people a little bit, just because, okay. because I'm, I'm dumb, but I happen to know a little bit, right? So uh, right when he's talking about this, the way I see it is, is when you look at when you look at Nazi Germany, right? Nazi Germany got rid of all guns for people, okay, and then they brought in crowds of military into the house, right? And so they 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 took, and they, and they just took over, right? And then they would kill masses amounts of people. So, right when 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 I think people say, hey, you're not going to take my guns, right? I think we should always have guns, right? I'm a pro gun person, but sure. not pro, not pro like. Bazooka is pro like, dude, I, I know how many, how many people do you know that like get shot by accident from a stupid gunshot? Like I haven't shot my brother, but he's, he's coming to my house in the middle of the night by, you know, by, and I, I just come flying down the stairs. Oh, like I'm going to hit this guy. But the idea is, is right. So yes, we should always be allowed a set style of a gun. Right. I, I own a 1911, which was, Back then, okay, right? Yeah, yeah that was the <laughs> absolutely. Uh, right? So, um, you know, it, it's – you. we should never allow ourselves to get into a spot where the military can come in. But we're also in a spot where, you know what, if the military wants something, they're going to take it type mm-hmm. thing, right? Let's say they do. Let's say stupidly they outlaw every gun and everybody has to get in. All these people are like, they ain't taking my guns. I mean, this with no disrespect to you people out there that your AR-15 that has, I don't care if you have extended clip, I don't care. The fact is, is you don't realize how big the U.S. military is. Let's exactly. say they surround your one house. Your one house. Yes, you kill 50 of us. They don't give a shit about the 50. Welcome to the military mindset. They don't care about 50 mm-hmm. because another 150,000 people are literally going to be crowding your house. Exactly. Just going, see ya. We officially have your guns. Yep. The next house, they're going to move right into that next one. Unless you're putting landmines out, <laughs> unless you right. unless you are literally big enough to, to destroy the the whole United States military, your guns are going away. Exactly. But I'm not saying the, 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 the U.S. is not trying to get rid of your guns. They're trying to get rid of mass mass. Uh, genocide for people from assholes that are out there just shooting random yeah, shootings. People. Yeah, absolutely. Right? right. They are not trying to take it away. And yes, I love going to the shooting range as much as the mm-hmm. next person. I, 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 I love it. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say, but yes, there should be a limitation. Right. And mm-hmm. there already is. Yep. And now they're trying to push that limitation to just a little bit more. Yep. That's all it is. You know, so, and when we look at it, this, this is the other problem I have with these conservatives. They're so pro-life. But they don't want to say anything about school shootings. Right. Again, they're pro-life. They're 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 they're, they're pro-birth. pro-birth and they're anti-death. You know, they're they're again. So it's 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 up to the point that a baby is born. Yep. And then if you want to end your life on your terms as opposed to someone else's, they're opposed to that. Anything yep. in the middle, it's 
Good luck. Varying degrees, right? Yeah, yeah, you're on your own. Yeah. So, so I have a question, but, you know, because we're two hours and 15 minutes in, and so we're <laughs> probably going to wrap up soon here. You're uh, welcome. But I, I have a question, because Mike and I discussed this the other day when he was up, and we talked about the 92 election. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want Jim's perspective because he was front and center. Because I was in the middle of that shit. You were. So, Jim, let me ask. that That's the first election where a third-party candidate actually got a lot of backing. Well, not a, not really the first one, but um, it was this. It, the first one in our lot, lifetime. He got more? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yep, go ahead. Sorry. So, if Perot doesn't run, does Bush get reelected? Absolutely. See, and I, I, I totally agree. Yep, he would have. And, um, it, you know, and, and so there's a lot at play that year, right? There was, there was whole, the whole thing with Pat Buchanan, um, who ran against him in the primary and damaged him. I, I say that, you know, in terms of the numbers, that assumes that we had the same turnout mm-hmm. and that 60, uh, you know, two thirds of the vote that went to Pearl would have gone to Bush. He would have won. However, having said that, I, as an insider on that campaign, I don't think Bush really wanted to win a second term. He, he didn't have the fire in his belly. We, we kind of became aware of that in the summer. Um, and it was just kind of like going through the motions, right. Which was a great experience for me, but um, you know, being that I was 27 years old at the time and it was just a, you know, kind of a cool thing to go along for on the ride. But I, I absolutely do think that Perot was a spoiler for Bush, but you know, we can only assume certain things and, and that would assume that the turnout was the same. So then it, it becomes a question of, which really is what the last election in 2016 tilted on, what would the turnout have been had Perot not run? And I can say, you know, my, my brother, for example, probably would not have voted at all and turned out to vote for Perot. So then it just becomes a numbers exercise. But I do think, um, you know, based on the information that we had at the time, at least, and I really haven't, you know, given it much attention since, since that time. Um, we, the internal information that we had indicated that Bush would have won for sure. Well, and I know we talk a lot about if, you, if you're voting third party at this point, you're voting for Trump, which I, I totally don't agree mm-hmm. with. Okay. I feel if you're voting third party, mm-hmm. it depends on where your vote would go if there was no third party option. Right. So I know with Nick, he's sitting here going, well, I can't vote against mm-hmm. my livelihood, which is business. So if I'm not voting third party, I'm probably voting for Trump. So at this point, next third party vote really is not against Biden and for Trump. It's more against Trump for Biden. Well, it's a, it gets to the same point, right? It's like, what assumptions do we make? And yep. I think you're right that, that everybody that's saying a third party vote is a vote against you know, it was a vote for Trump. I, I, I also disagree with that because, you know, I voted, I voted for the libertarian. I voted for Johnson in 2016. Do I no? And you know what, no matter what, no matter, even knowing what I know now, I, you know, I, I, I think about this a lot. I could not, I would not, and could not have voted for Hillary, but having said that, so, so was that a vote for Trump? Well, maybe, but I don't think so because, I would not have voted for, I wouldn't have voted for Hillary, no matter what. I just, I would have, you know, I would have done what I've done in other elections and written someone in or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I agree, David, that the assumption that, that especially people on the left are making is that 
if you vote for Jorgensen, Jorgensen, right? The, yep. you know, the libertarian candidate or another candidate that you would otherwise vote for Biden. And I don't think that's the case. Yeah, right? I, I don't think you can draw that that no. conclusion. I, I think that many of the Stein voters are the ones that probably, if they weren't so pissed off about Bernie, would have voted for Hillary. Yeah, that's another case of a, a potential spoiler. For example, in Michigan, Jill Stein got more votes than um, you know than was in the gap, right? So, so, but again, you have to assume that all of those people would have turned out and all of those people would have voted for Hillary. And I just don't think that's the case. I, I, I was in the same spot as you. So I, you know, I, I don't tell people, I, my wife knows, but I voted for Jill Stein. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, so, um, right. Because again, I was back in that same spot where I yep. couldn't vote for either of the two. Right. But um, you, so you wouldn't have voted for either of them though. Right. Right. And that's yeah, the whole exactly. thing. Like, right. you know, um, and so I, it's funny because you know how much I used to look up to Donald Trump. I mean, uh, my sister got me a cutout of Donald Trump, right? Because uh, I absolutely love The Apprentice. I think that mm. it talks about business. It shows business. They talk business things. Uh, Trump Trump gets in there. He, Granted, he's failed businesses, but I think failure bleeds success, right? You learn from failure. We talk about it in real estate in a constant. Um, That's assuming that you learn. Assuming, right? <laughs> you know what happens when you assume, right? When you, ha- when you have enough backing. But like, you know, in even when you fail, like you still have, like, let's say you screwed over 50%, you still have the other 50% that you made happy and you're still able to borrow against it. So like you, sure. you have that, but let's say that's for a whole nother episode, mm-hmm. but um, right. So I, I, what I'm finding hilarious right now, what I'm finding hilarious is we're getting so close to the election that now uh one of the biggest things against Hillary and all I heard from people on the back, on the back one that were Trump supporters was, well, the emails, the emails. Cause I was like, can you tell me what the email said? And yeah. now the hilarious thing to me is this Hunter, this Hunter right. Biden shit. Same thing. Yep. What is the emails? Emails. What about the emails? And I'm like, I was like, dude, you went off of it once. You're really hoping for emails twice. Like, I was right. like, come on. Not only that, but they're, they're mentioning her emails still. Yeah, if, if it works right. once, you might as well work twice. Well, <laughs> she's got emails. He said emails. Emails. That's where it's at. Right. I'm like, Jesus. If you people seen, if you people seen some of the text messages I sent some of my friends, right. I would never go full blown. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all honesty, if, if people saw the stuff we send to each other, we wouldn't have jobs anymore. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, we are we are running really long. Anybody yeah. else have any quick things they want to add? No, I just I want to throw add. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Okay, Mike. Quick I mean, just because what's your problem? It, it goes to what Jim said about Pat Buchanan back in '92. Because my kids actually have asked the question of why, if so many people are unhappy with you know Trump, why didn't somebody run against him? And I said, well, the problem is. It's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't run against an incumbent mm-hmm. during a mid, you know, term yep. during that election yep. period, because what it does is it means your party doesn't have 100 percent faith in you. Right. And I think that kind of goes with that. So that was kind of an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And I think just as a point, Nick, you mentioned probably an hour and a half ago something about kind of what you fear, you know, one way. There's a lot of little, I think we've captured a lot of things that would fear if Biden gets elected. One thing, or if Trump gets elected and everything, one thing that 
kind of scares me and it'll play out a lot in the next, you know, week to a month as the election happens and all the final counting occurs. But it's always been kind of an unwritten rule that if you're a lame duck president, you also don't do much. But I'm scared to think if Biden wins, what is Trump going to do over the next two months? Right. Yep. And he's already started to do some of that, Mike, uh, you know, with changing yeah. regulations and stuff yeah. like that. Absolutely. I think the biggest key is, you know, if you were a Trump supporter, you probably didn't listen to this whole podcast. I, if, if we're <laughs> going to make this podcast, I'll probably stay YouTube. Um, It'll be both. Just say, yeah, you know, if, if you are, you probably you probably hated us enough. Uh, <laughs> if you're a Biden fan, you might have cheered. Um, but the biggest thing, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, if you're over the age of 18, you are registered to vote. Get your butt out there and vote if you haven't yep. already done it. Absolutely. Um, voting is our American right. People have fought for it uh, and we thank them every day for it. Uh, it is our privilege to figure out where this world is coming to. Um you know, and I say world because, right, we are one of the highest nations out there. Um, voting to me, everybody, you know, I get those phone calls. Are you going to vote? Hell yes. Every single time, guaranteed, with all my heart and soul. And if it happens, great. If not, I'm not mad. Um, get out and vote. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, got to drink two of my favorite beers of all time. I want Amen. you to like. I want you to subscribe. I want you to share this. Uh if you have any questions, if you have any comments, statements, we will probably debate you and we will have fun doing it. As long as you keep an educated discussion about it, we will have a good time doing it. Take care, everybody. Hey, we're not done and yet. Vote. Jim was going to say I something. Well, I was just going to say vote. You, you said it all. Just vote, 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 vote. Don't vote more than once, but please vote. Totally agree. So uh, we're going to upload this on both YouTube and our podcast. And if you have questions, like Nick said, please reach out because we always have an opinion to share. So we'll see you guys next week.